Welcome to the One Life, One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morris. And uh, today's today's the first time ever doing a podcast this late. Late being 7, <laughs> seven my time, 10 p.m. his time. But welcome to the podcast, yeah. Chaka Malik, ladies and gentlemen. Yo, yo, yo. What's up? We've been, we, so, uh, excited to be here. Yeah, we've been trying to do this for a very long time, but our schedules were not working. So now um, made it happen tonight. I'm very happy to have you here, Chaka. Um, I know you for a very long time. I was trying to think today, like yeah. when the, what year it was when I met you. I don't know if it was, it was when I moved there in '88, not too long after that, because I know that. Um, I don't know, because I seen some pictures around at like a burn show, maybe '89 or something at CB's, but I don't know when I initially met you the first time. I met you. I think I met you before burn started, because I think I met you the like at a pyramid show. I, I did a stage dive, and I think I landed on you, and we ended up getting into like a little kind of scuffle, and like. Oh shit! I so, remember that shit. Yeah. What show was like, that? I don't know, but I think like somebody from either is like sick of it all or like Gorilla Biscuits. Somebody from one of those bands was like, "Come on, dude, you guess like you don't know each other." That is uh, that, fucking. That's cool. the time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, that was an underdog show. I don't, I don't know what show that was. Shit. Was that underdog? I don't. I don't think. I don't think it was underdog. That was it a pyramid show or something. It was. It was definitely the pyramid. One hundred percent. Fuck, man. All right, well, before, yeah. we, before, before we get into the Chaka Malik, as we all know him, I want to get into a little bit of the life of Chaka Malik. Um, so you, you, were bo- you were born in New York? Yeah, I was born in Queens in, in the Woodside Housing Projects, which is attached to my high school that I went to, called William Cullen Bryant. Wow. My friends went there, yeah. <laughs> How was growing up for you? Like, like strict parents, strict parents? I know I met your dad and shit. <laughs> But like, yeah, honestly, family. like my parents were strict in some ways and, and not in others. Like, I mean, I was I was able to go to the city and get, like get my records and, and do shit like that. But I definitely they were on my school. They were like definitely interested in what I was eating. Mm. Um, so I was I had I had a kind of a leg up. And it's just that my parents were fucking with like wheat germ and shit like that. And just like vegetarian slash pescatarian diets when I was a kid. So. Holy shit. So that, that's that's what got you into it. Being raised yeah, like that. I would say, yeah. I mean, definitely. Definitely. So, do you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I got uh, three sisters and a brother. And so, how was that growing up with them? Like, were you guys, were you guys tight? Yeah, you know, it's crazy. And, like, I don't know if other people have this experience, but, like, I, I went through, like, cycles of being closer to, like, one sibling or some, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, sometimes I'd be close to my brother, and then other times I'd be close to... I think I was, like, the longest streak. I was... I'll tell you guys a story. Like, I'll tell you a story. Like, my... The sister that's older than me well, by a couple of years. So, like, we were in, like, this nursery school. Yeah. And um, it was, like, right behind my building, where you could see out of, like, my, my kitchen window, you could see the nursery school. So, like, I, it was comfortable for me. But then, like, the time came for her to, like, go to the fives, like, five years old. I was in the fours. We were both in the fours for a while. Yeah. And, dude, I fucking cried and shit. <laughs> you were bugging <laughs> I out. I cried and cried and cried. Yeah. And, and they were like, okay, like, I remember they were like, okay, like, we'll let you and you and her play outside. Uh, and there was, like, a boat, like, a monkey bar, like, type boat thing that we'd climb on. And I just we spent the afternoon playing in that fucking boat. Oh, my God. That's amazing, man. Yeah. A little, yeah, a little bitch. <laughs> a little bitch. So, but how, and so how were you in school? You got good grades? You like, you were focused? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was in, I, honestly, I, I definitely, I mean, I liked books. I liked studying. I had, I was in AP classes in high school. Wow. Um, I, I think my major challenge was just interest at a certain point. Yeah. Um, 
I kind of just not lost interest, but I wasn't as interested when I started to develop, you know, love for, you know, graffiti or punk or, you know, yeah. other stuff. So what what came first for you, graffiti or the punk? Like, what was your exposure to both those? Well, well graffiti came, graffiti came first. I was, I was fucking with graffiti. I was, I, as I call it, attempting to write graffiti probably... Eighty-four or something, wow. eighty-five, and I started really writing graffiti in probably eighty-six, like bombing, like yeah. going going trains, like that. I mean, eighty, eighty, maybe eighty-seven, eighty-six, eighty-seven. And what would you write? What was your what was your tag? Your Expo. Expo. Ex Expo. X P O. Yeah. And then I had these variations, and my crew was R A R. At the time, there was a certain kind of train called Ridges. You've seen them. It looks like a kind of like ridged aluminum foil okay uh and uh yeah it was rocking all ridges was the name of my crew so <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so how were how old were you then fuck man i was born in you know 71 so you know 15 16 yeah yeah you're in the streets and you're doing good in school but you're also writing graffiti yeah honestly like you're doing good in school it feels good to do good in school man yeah it just makes it makes life at home easier, for sure. You know? Yeah, it's it's the it's the move. Were, were your parents religious too, or no? No, no. Religion. We didn't grow up with any any stuff like that. We That's just awesome. my my parents. There was like a book, and it was like, oh, I you know check this out if you like anything in in here. Fuck with it, kind of thing. It's like religious of the world or something. Wow. And then what so, about yeah. what about sports? Because you're a very athletic kind of person. You've always been in shape and. Always had good energy. So did you play sports at all? Or no. Yeah, you know it's great. Like I used to fuck with jock, like jock. I had a class in in middle school called jocking, right? I know that sounds ignorant, but jocking, jogging, yeah, just oh, like oh, as jogging. A, as okay, jogging. Okay. jogging. Yeah. So like you fucking go out, and I'm like, I had a long day at work, so I'm just laying the fuck down. So hopefully I'm not. I don't sound crazy. I sound good. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> but like, yo, so so what you fucking do is you just jog around the circle at your own pace, oh. and like, yeah, just from doing that shit, like that shit, like I don't know if it opened my third eye or something, but it definitely like it brought me up a notch in my like mind of like in my understanding. Yeah. You know, it gave me like another floor on my building. Got you. Just jogging. Yeah. yeah. Did you did you start? Also, did you want to do marathons and stuff like that, like cross country? No, 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 no. It was never really about the achievement. It was more just more about getting to a certain state. Okay. You know, kind of like you might do yoga, you know, to, to achieve uh, a feeling of bliss, but you're not doing it to get through the the hatha form necessarily. You know what I mean? Like you're doing yeah. it. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So, so yeah, so like I used to fuck around with that and my dad used to like have these weights and we'd like jab with these weights and shit like that and so yeah, it was fun. It's like shit like that. But like no football, no baseball, none of that shit at school. No, I was ne I honestly sanctioned sports, I was never good at sanctioned sports. Gotcha. You know, but like like project sports, you know, wiffle ball, handball, ring alivio. We didn't fuck with I didn't see we didn't live like near the handball court. Okay. So the motherfuckers that were like enthusiastic or like lived near the handball court were good. Yeah. Like that wasn't honestly like I thought I thought it was a ridiculous game. It just seems it just seems silly to me. Yeah. 
obviously it's, it's a staple, a neighborhood staple, but I like the wiffle ball where you tape up the wiffle ball and like you leave some of the holes exposed. You still throw curves and, but you can also hit it far. That's awesome. Yeah. I, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. So that was a shit. And like the project is kind of laid out in a way. So like you have these like lanes, like where people walk and maybe like, maybe like 200 feet and you try to drive the ball down that lane. And so it like goes, you know, into the the next uh, set of buildings, like mm-hmm. the, the, the grass courtyard. And there's like other like fences around buildings. You try to like, you use it, you kind of use the urban environment uh, the way a, a player might use the green monster, hit a double off the green monster or something like that, yeah, or an yeah, extra yeah. base hit. Um, I love that. So yeah. Yeah. It's fun shit. It's fun shit. What kind of, what kind of games you play when you grew up? Um, I, I, I played little league baseball a little bit. I think my mom had me one of those teams. Um, I think that's about it, man. That's all I can remember is just some Little League bo- baseball, but I really didn't like it. Yo, my mother took me to Little League, yo. Yeah. My fucking word up. We went to two. We went twice. So <laughs> I didn't get a hit. The, I, yo, I didn't get a hit the fucking whole first time. So the next time I, I got a hit, right? And then I'm running, 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 and I forget to touch the fucking base, and I get thrown out. Oh, shit. And we, we get back on the bus, and I'm like, Mom, we're not coming back here. I'm not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it's fucking awesome though. What 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 were those projects? Were the projects rough? You grew up in or no? I mean, I I grew up in a pretty, I think a pretty decent projects. I think yeah. all of, everything's gotten, well, everything's gotten worse. That sounds really weird to say. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I I think any any environment. Actually, I'm not gonna say that. You know, Woodside Projects definitely not the worst projects, but people know what people know what Woodside Projects is. You know, it's not. Yeah. You know, it's it's definitely not not something that people don't know about. Yeah. You know, I hear people mentioning Woodside Projects to this day. You know. So, wow. But yeah, you know. Um, but I I avoided a lot of the drama. I got into punk. Yes. How um, how that happened? Like how that happened for you? Yeah, I was watching my little sister and. Um, I used to fuck around and watch this show called The Edge of Night. Okay. Which was like a soap opera. <laughs> Edge of Night. It came at like 4.30. Okay. Say again? Okay, The Edge of Night. I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm the Edge of it. Night. Yeah. yeah. Yo, it was crazy. And like, I'm watching The Edge of Night, watching Edge of Night, and like, I'm watching my little sister, and she's like, bugging out in the kitchen doing I'm like, what are you doing in there? So I just hear, I'm like, Fuck. So I call out to her, I go in there, and she's got, like, oven cleaner. She's breathing on her face and her eye. Oh, shit. I'm like, fuck. So I call my mother. My mother, I don't know how my mother held her tongue. She's just like, get to the fucking station now, right? Get to the, she doesn't talk like that. Yeah. So we get to the station. We go into, like, the kind of, like, um, pediatrician or whatever. Yeah. And, like, I beg her thingy of the time. And she begrudgingly gave it to me, and I'm pulling and I was just like, I didn't want to hear hip hop. I didn't want to hear, you know, shit I knew. I want to hear something. I just needed something different. Mm-hmm. And I came across um, the new afternoon show okay. on NYU. And they were playing, my, they played Minor Threat Salad Days, amongst other things. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then I heard a commercial for um, Spermicide Show, Crucial Chaos, yep. Johnny Stiff. That yep. was like definitely like my favorite radio show ever um, from, from a punk standpoint. Yeah. And then I just decided to go to some records and started going to shows and yeah. You know, is it true that you brought kind of snowballed? Is it true you brought Isaac to his first show? I think it's I maybe via via Sasha. I think yeah, Sasha Jenkins. 
I think that's how that happened. Um, but I honestly don't remember. Yeah. You know, that, that, that was like a, that time is. That's definitely a story. I don't, that I don't really look at it times. like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't really look at you. I don't really, I don't, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he remembers you know, that. Like maybe he remembers it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just, I mean, I'm trying to think of like my, I can't even like recall. I'm trying to think of my first show. Um, I don't even know. Yeah. You, I don't even. I yeah. But you were a skater too, right? You skateboarded back then too. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It was me team stage that skate with myself, Sasha Jenkins, Geo from Supreme, uh, Chris Keith, Chris Keith from Dave's Quality Meets, uh, Geo. Uh, as I, I think I mentioned Geo uh, Spiro is what I meant to say. Who was this really kind of skinny Greek kid who had a really great style? What was the team called? Um, Team Stage Dive. Team Stage Dive. That's sick. <laughs> Yo, dude, dude, you have you seen the logo? The logo is ill. It's a dude doing like like a lay, lay, like a backflip kind of thing. Oh shit! Just I see fucking it. laid out. Yeah, it's crazy. You, I think if you type it in, you might find it. Team Stage. That's um, a great name, man. Yeah, dude, it's fucking killer. So this, uh, so the, so the, go ahead. We gonna, so, so I was gonna say so the skateboarding and the punk rock all kind of came together around the same time. Sasha got me into skateboarding. Yeah. Um, I was into punk. I got him into punk, and he got me into skateboarding. It's awesome. But yeah, there's a crazy story. I've mentioned this before, but like, so we went to Bryan High School. Um, Isaac went to that high school as well. Sasha, Astoria, Lou. Um, well, it's like we had we had some heads in that school. It was really cool. Yeah. So one day, like, we I walk into this like class, and I'm like, oh shit, where's Mrs. McGillicuddy or whatever? And it's like the substitute dude, right? Yeah. And he starts talking, 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 talking. And he, like, he sees, like, a, I maybe had a Bad Brains shirt on or something like that. Like, this was, like, the quickness era. Yeah, yeah. And he's, and he's like, oh, Bad Brains, I know them. And I was like, yeah, okay, like, whatever, dude. He's like, no, I produce, I, he's like, I produce Pay to Come. I'm Jimmy Quid. Holy I'm like, shit. all right, if you're Jimmy Quid, bring in Pay to Come, I'll give you $20 tomorrow. And we're talking $20 in whatever it was, 80, late 80s, like, yeah, it's a lot of money. Was, yeah. For a kid in high school, like, lo and behold, this motherfucker comes in with the record. Holy shit. This nigga was Jimmy Quid. That's amazing. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How crazy is that? Wow. And then we had another dude. We, dude, we had, I had a math teacher who taught apply, applied mathematics, and he could teach college-level um, um Cultural algebra or some shit. Yeah. His name is Mr. Jackson. I believe his uh, believe his um five percent name was Stephen X. Okay. And he was like he was like down hard Republic enemy. Holy shit. Yeah. Terminator our, X. <laughs> our dude, our gym teacher, our gym teacher, Mr. Dreyer. Yeah. We're sitting at Madison Square Garden. Oh shit, there's Mr. Dreyer. Yeah. Oh yeah, he does security for Wu Tang Club. No way, man. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of school is this, man? It's crazy. I know, right? That's you. Um, honestly, Bryant was crazy, yo. Bryant was fucking crazy. So, um, <laughs> so when you, you get, so you got in the hard on the punk and all that while you're in school. So, uh, what is your, what is your goals when you get out of school at that point? Like, what is your major? Like, what do you want to do? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, and I think this is something that I've that. If I had to do it again, maybe I might change in some way. I, I didn't. My plan at the time as an adolescent was just to get out of my parents' house. Gotcha. 
You know what I mean? Um, so I, I had a job at Prana Foods, PRA yeah. Foods. Yeah, you still hook us up. Village. Thank you, man. We just gonna like, and that was a, that was a big, that was a health food store. We used to get laced up in there. Thank you, man. It was awesome. You and Mark dude. used to work there. <laughs> dude, so amazing, dude. John would come in. Everybody come in. Dude, dude. come and hang out, dude. I remember you coming in summer times. We talk all the time in the summertime by the fridge and shit. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> How many years you worked there for? I worked there five years, yo. Yeah, so Prana was like on the Lower East Side. It was like it was like one of yeah. the first fucking like health food stores, man. And you know what, man? And and that was when it wasn't easy to do any of this shit. It wasn't easy to, to source the products. Nope. It wasn't easy to be vegetarian or be vegan or be some weird diet. Like yep. that shit was work. I mean, we we still joke around about some of the people that would come in that were like on these kind of at the time super restricted diets. Like in, in like in like eighty nine when I worked there, like veganism, I mean that's a that's fucking restrictive as fucking eighty nine. Let's be let's be real here. hundred percent. You know, so people will come in and, and the kind of people usually that that are early adopters of that are people that, that micromanage a lot of things, micromanage certain things in their life. Yes. And they would have personalities. And we used to love. You used to love them characters. Say again. You used to love those kind of characters that came in there. Oh, dude. I mean, and then you get like, I the thing about, I look about, I love about retail is you get to actually interact with people. And yeah. people always say people are suck. Or people should, I love people, man. So like there was one day it was like Alan Cage um, from Quicksand and would um, be burned whatever Vance he's in. So he's working, right? He's working. He's like stocking the fucking, um, we went through a fuck ton of apple butter. This company Kimes makes apple butter. We used to sell like, like three, four cases a day. Okay. So he's stocking the apple butter. And I had like, it was, it was like the, just before orange nine, when I had like three locks coming down from the side and the rest of my head was shaved balls. Yep. And that shit basically happened because I started, my sister started locking my hair at a family gathering. We, I was like, fuck it, just leave that shit. Wow. So anyway, like I'm walking around doing my shit in Prana and I hear this old lady. She's like, Hey, fancy haircut. <laughs> I'm like, like what? She's like, Hey, fancy haircut. <laughs> She's talking to me. <laughs> so no, Alan calls me fancy haircut for the next six months. Oh, hey, shit. fancy haircut. <laughs> you just shit like that. You know what I mean? Just like just people, like yeah. you know, just fucking real New Yorkers too. Like native New Yorkers too. Like Dude, it, on the Lower East Side too. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it, it was definitely it was dope, and you would see all kind of people like. Um, who, that, that, who's, what's that? There's like, what's the? There's like a big yoga studio out here now, and, and like before they got big, now I'm fucking forgetting it. Like they mm. would be in there all the time, and now they're like, they're like icons of yoga. They're like wow. god, gods and goddesses of yoga. That's um, amazing, man. And just there were so many people. Um, who's who's homegirl that um, if, what if God was one of us? Who's that? <laughs> Cheryl Crow. No. Is that Cheryl Crow? What if God was one of us? Strangers like one of us. Who's there's another woman that, make... that like you She's on those dog she's, kinda... on, she's on the dog commercials where we can save this dog. Oh, what the hell is her name? Man? I don't know. Maybe it's not Cheryl Crow, but like McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin. No. Is Sarah McLaughlin? Shit, man. Yeah, but yo, know. so this this was like a New York singer songwriter. <laughs> she was in there she was in there all the time. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think who that, I mean that that spot. That was definitely like you know there's there's like hotbeds in time and that spot definitely reflected a hotbed in time where yeah so many artists and that was a time when like like all these like companies were, were new like a lot a lot of these like these companies that you see today like life life was it lifetime or lifeline or whatever that mm -hmm. makes the tofu and all the shit yeah like, all these companies were fucking small no whole foods either back then 
Say again? No Whole Foods, Whole Foods either, man. Was there? I don't think so, man. Um, I, I think there was Whole Foods. I think it was. I think it was like a one. I think there was there was Integral Yoga out here. Oh, that's right. Which was another great shop. Then later in life, <clears throat> commodities popped up. That's right. Um, Second Avenue. But I gotta. I'm gonna say Bruce Raddick. I gotta give. I gotta shout his name out. Okay. Because this dude owned Prana, and he was a fucking visionary dude. Because that opened up so many lanes for so many people. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Think about the hardcore scene was incredibly positively impacted by that place. I would 100% agree. For sure. The discounts, the knowledge, the at all of it. Yeah. And you were working there. Yeah. Mark was working there. Alan was working there. Me, like... Mark, Alan, Peter, um, John Crickshin worked with us for a while. Um, I know John Joseph was up. In that, John Joseph was up in that shit always for sure. It was like he worked in there. <laughs> yeah, because he was—he's a neighborhood guy, man. That's like his hood, man. It's like he's definitely uh, yeah, there. I'll tell you a, fun, a funny story. He's the um, best, dude. Yeah, so check it out. So like, so John obviously he's been doing his bike thing for a minute, minute, right? Yeah, man. So he comes in with one of his expensive S bikes, and um, he's shopping, shopping. It's a regular, you know, six o'clock at night kind of thing. And then we hear Bruce yell, John, somebody took your bike. So John like runs out the store like and whips off his um what's that bike lock that that goes around your neck and it's like got like a mesh around it? I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't know what it's called. I right? forgot what it's called. I can see it right so now. He, but... he has that, he takes it off, right? He runs outside. Um and Bruce like runs out. He's like, Bruce's like, Oh my god, what are you doing? Stop it, stop it. Stop it. And John comes back in with his bike in one hand and the lock another. And he says, he'll never steal another bike again. <laughs> That's the fucking best. That's a total John Joseph story, man. Holy <laughs> shit. And the dude probably is like, oh, my God, John, you're going to kill somebody. Be careful. Yeah, Bruce is bugging. Bruce is like, what are you doing? Stop it. Damn, man. Dude, John's fucking the best, dude. It's, that, that, that's that's fucking amazing. What about what about yeah, we, what, what about your skateboard skills? Like, did you ever did you have a favorite trick? You know, my I was just kind of more. I was brutish, and I was good good in my brutality with skating. I was more about like jumping as jumping some stairs, like big yeah. ollies, fast a uh, fast ollies, high speed shit. Yeah. Um. I definitely was not a finesse dude. I was definitely not the best dude in, in my crew by any stretch. Yeah, he's loved it though. Like I still don't. I still don't think I can land a kickflip. But what I was able to do, and I could hopefully probably still do that, is like one day, like um, this is like 2005 or something like that. We were walking by Niagara, and somebody had a skateboard. They were like, "Chaka, you used to skate? I'll leave that fire hydrant." And I was like, "Dude, I have boots on." Oh shit! And I was like, "You know what? Fuck it!" And I and I fucking literally ollie that shit. Damn! Even to my own surprise, yeah, That's I ollied that shit in boots. Yeah, sick. <laughs> in the 2000s too. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, but I, I, I could never land a kickflip. I maybe had landed one kickflip in my life, or maybe yeah. two, maybe ten, possibly. But like, that's not my shit. You know, I'm not. We used to call those tech tricks. Mm. Remember that? Yeah. That that that's not even that can't even be a phrase anymore. Everything's no, a tech it's not. Trick now. Yeah, everything's tech. Yeah, totally. Did you have a favorite board or like company you fucked with, like Powell or anything like that? Or Dude, that Valelli board. That Valelli board. Like Valelli. Damn. With the elephant on it. Yeah, it's classic. And honestly, yeah, it was good up on good, good on 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 Powell. I had gotten the um Caballero, the the Bonite one. Okay. The first 
And that shit broke quick. Damn. And I sent it back. I was like, Powell, come on, dude. I'm fucking a kid. Like, I, I paid what it was, 40 expensive. bucks. Yeah, it's expensive back. Yeah. And they sent me another one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, I remember the Brooklyn Banks and shit. That was sick. Yeah, like that's sh- like I was definitely not a vert person. Like I wasn't skating that that um rail. Um, I was more of like you know me and eight people, eight ten people, yeah, just skating fast, just ollieing shit, bugging out, and just wilding. Yeah, kind of more like a wild band than than, a- <laughs> than skilled skaters. <laughs> did you did you skate with Sean Sheffy? Remember him from Shot Skates? Did you know those guys? I, I more knew them as a kind of like a, a, a kind of a, a scene a, a, a scene adjacent kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, definitely yeah. like. I was down with that that dude Thor. Okay. Who used to work at Soho's at. Yeah, yeah, I know Soho's at um, But yeah, like this the skate thing, I was pretty. I had my people, obviously. You know, much love to to, to Harold. You know, Harold Hunter. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, for, you know, much love, respect. I love that. We used to have so much fun, man. Um, Hanging with him, right? Yeah. At night, we, we usually it, it was more. That wasn't really skating. We were like yeah. hanging out at night, having fun. Um, he was at the clubs and shit for sure. Sheets and pillows, all that. Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the skating thing. The skating thing is more about going fast and just kind of wilding and just just the thunderous sound of like. Eight motherfuckers with fucking you know ninety five A's on fucking concrete. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ninety five A's. Yes, <laughs> exactly what you're talking about. And how about Supreme? <laughs> Supreme was just like a fucking. It was just like a skate shop, dude. On Lafayette, it was yeah. just a skate shop. Before it's crazy how big that is, man. It's amazing, man. It's fucking. It's pretty wild. And I don't even. How, I don't. Even, I mean, how do you explain something like that? I mean, they just. I mean, obviously, great designs and stuff like that. Yeah, but just you know, like just, Shel- just go ahead. I was gonna say to Aliyasha, who like did a lot of design work for like DC and how he did Alpha Numerics and other shit. I I love what he did. He brought he brought a nice quality to to the skate shoe, mm-hmm. um, which I really like. That DC look, I love that DC look. Yeah, um, definitely Ali, a big part of that. Um. I feel like I want to get some DCs again. Yeah, I mean they, they're coming back. They're back too, man. I think there's like a whole. Are like, they? Yeah, it's like a whole. Is there thing. a wave now? There's a wave. Yeah, they're bringing back a lot of those shoes, man, for sure. They are, man. I, I'll find out about. Yeah, it. I'll, I'll look into it for you for sure. Yeah, find out. I'm feeling. I'm feeling like a pair of like blue, blue on white DC joints, mostly white. Yeah. The DCs. Um, or the camo joints. Go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah. So let's get let's get let's get into Burn, which I, I, a band that I really fucking love. I have lyrics tattooed oh, on me. Um, yeah. How old were you? How old you when that band started, and how did that start? But did, did you want to be a singer? Did you want to be a hardcore singer? Like, how did that happen for you? That's a good question. Uh, Burn started in eighty. I was. I think. I, I thought it was eighty nine. I think Rory said it was eighty eight. My friend Rory. Yeah, I saw um, that too. It was eighty eight? Who did all those Amnesty shows? Yep. Roy Kreblin, what up? So, yep. yeah, dude, love. That's my sister right there. Um, so I guess I was 17, 18. It's, I guess, started more because I think a combination of absolution coming to an end right. and and I was kind of like starting to get kind of known as a kind of a dancer person. Or the, yeah, let's bring it back to that. Yeah, Chaka's always had like an ill dance style. 
it, 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 it was it, it was more spiritual, I think, than violent. It was it may look look rougher than it really was. But you had like a whole right. you had a swag, and you always had like the dope gear on, and you had the swag, and you might be you might Much be love. you might be moshing like some really some fly shit that you wouldn't really be wearing at a show. And then obviously, yeah, Absolution was a great fucking band. I'm sure you loved Absolution. Fuck yes. Um, were they they're a big inspiration for you for Burn? I mean, honestly, I I was copying a lot of my favorite singers. Then were Gingy, Gingy. obviously John Joseph, was yeah. huge influence. I was so there from Crucifix. Mm. Yeah, I, like I, I cool. love dude. It's hard. Um, and that was, and those were kind of the, the primary resonances that I I kind of vibed with. So bad brains too. Inspiration, yeah. That phrase not necessarily because I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, okay. I got you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. so I just leave I just leave that with HR. You gotcha. know, I can't do that. Respect. Um, that's cool. But I feel like the John thing, like I feel like that's that's a lane that I, I get that lane. Like yeah. I I feel yeah. you know what I mean? Like I can't do John either. Yeah. But it's John is more in my lane than, you know, than an HR of the world. So you you would be known as like the the guy that like the dancing kid, like the dude with the, with the with the dreads and the. <laughs> and I, that was before the. It was, but, he had, yeah, but high, he had, I had a high, high top. top fade. He had a high top fade. Yes, you was the guy who came to shows and dance. You know what I mean? Like and just went off to the bands and people saw that you stood out in the crowd. I guess you know. Yeah, and honestly, I it was spiritual to me. Yeah. Um. It was very spiritual. You wanted to some. Me. You wanted um, some tough guy, violent shit. But you just danced and went off, and you're fucking. Yeah, he's went off passionately. I remember that. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it was. It, that, those honestly, those were fun fucking times. I was just had a flashback to like being like on the the left side of the crowd in CBs and just like spinning and just have that like there's a speaker that's like facing you and there's this yep. other column kind of like against the wall and just thought about just like the heat and just like people kind of looking at the pit and at the band at the same time kind of. Yeah, it had like a weird. I was just immersed in that shit. Yeah, you were, man. So, so you loved you. You you were full on hardcore kid. You loved it. You loved going to shows. You loved oh, you the energy. Dude, I was going to shows stuff. by myself. Yeah, I was going by myself. You know, so it wasn't like some peer pressure. She's like, oh yeah, my boys are going to show. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tag along and, mm-hmm. and have a beer. You know, it's like no, like this is mom. I'm going to the show, or dad, I'm going to the show, and and then explaining away the ripped T-shirt and the, the fat lip when you get home and. Yeah, what was that like? Yeah. What, what did your parents were they worried about you? Like, what the fuck you you go into this place and you're doing all this crazy dancing and this crazy music? <laughs> well, I mean, kind of yes and kind of no because I think they maybe even seen it as potentially safer than me hanging out in the projects. So, mm. in that sense, they kind of didn't. I didn't get a lot of pushback. Um, yeah, I never got any pushback on the music or the culture. Like, yeah, I would. My dad has rock records in his collection, and I had been into rock quote-unquote, before I was in punk. Yeah. So it wasn't really like this weird thing, like, what, that, what was that? Why, boy, shit? Like, nothing. My house is not like that. Mm-hmm. Um, a little a little, a little more open, than, a lot more open than I was going to joke about a little more open. Yeah. Um, so the punk thing was really more kind of like my lane, and, and my dad, like, he, my dad was, you know, he's alive, and he's not really shooting that much anymore. He's, he's around, he understands, he sees the, 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 the icons, Black Fleet, he has an idea as to what it represents, and yeah, um, one of his good friends has a son who uh, was had taken on a punk moniker like in the in the late seventies. Oh shit! So there was yeah, there was so there's a real awareness 
of of kind of punk um and, and i guess my from my dad's side yeah you know and he went he videotaped a lot of shit like a lot of those cd shows you see like it's my dad like the good ones that are close up and good quality yeah i remember seeing like your dad at the shows he was i know that was awesome he's at the shows i remember man fully yeah, fully yeah. supporting man it was awesome man fuck yeah he took the picture that the masks on the back of the burn record oh shit that's that's his image it's awesome um yeah so my dad's been integral, integral part of my kind of musical thing. Yeah. So what, what do you remember him? Remember what it was like for him when the first time he saw you perform or, or a bunch of CBs or something? He must have been like, "Holy shit!" You know what? I never got. I never really got out of him anything beyond anything that really showed any kind of amazement or mm. wonderment. He never gave that up. Okay. Um, but I know he must have felt it because I felt it. Yeah, you know, and and what do you, what do you think it was? What do you think it was that got you? So, what what connected you so much to it? You think at that age and you know figuring out for yourself and finding out about this music and going to shows by yourself. What do you think that, that was your wanted wanted made you want to be a part of that? You know, that's that's a really good question, Tobe. I, I I think part of it the scene became. I think and for a lot of people, it became the scene became my big brother, whether I knew totally. it or not. Totally. Um, and so that was a, a big, big part of it. Um, Cause, and cause, not even... Go ahead. I was thinking some people come from like unsupportive families and broken families and fucked up families and want single parents and you know, and you and you had a good support system. You had a good, good family. Your dad was very supportive. And so it wasn't you like, fuck my parents, I'm going to go here and be accepted here. Uh, for you, I think I feel like you was connected to the energy. You love the music. You love you love the culture. You love what it represented. And I think that's what I'm getting from you. That wasn't like I'm trying to escape my home life. Right. I mean, honestly, I, there was definitely some some drama between me and my dad. The way there naturally there needs to be between I think a father and son because that's how the son uh, is able to uh, grow those those teeth, and that's yeah. how the father is able to realize. Okay, now I need to step into a wisdom phase of parenting. True. Right. True. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely happening as well. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, so how soon, so how old were you when Burn started? So that was like 80, 17, 18 70, type shit. Yeah. And so had you been singing before that or writing lyrics before that leading up to any of this stuff? Or I, just... I, I had led a, a, tr a gospel trio. Oh, wow. No, no, I'm joking, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking wild. I, mean, I, I, I enjoy gospel music, but I no, I had to fucking singing, man. I, I was actually programming beats. Like oh. my dad had bought had bought the apartment, a drum machine, a Chord DDD one drum machine, and a Casio CZ three thousand synthesizer. Wow. Yeah, so I was on some fucking Beat Street shit. So in you, the crib, like I so you into hip hop. Yo, I got, I, you know, this is, I'll, this is hip hop for me. My uncle, my uncle came over with, it was Kwanzaa. He came over with this record and he was playing it. Rock, rock, and play it rock. Mm. Like, I love this record. I love this record. And I was like, I'm keeping this record. <laughs> and he was like, what? I said, I'm keeping this record. And he said, okay, you can have it. Thank you. Like I was, dude, I was bugging. Damn. I literally said, I'm, I'm keeping this. That, you know that thing you do when you're a kid and you just like and you're holding it and you kind of stare you're staring yeah. through any objection yeah and then the other time was like i remember listening to the radio and it was like 
two years ago, a friend of mine asked me to say some. I was like, holy shit. I was like, Mom, I need to go to Steinway Street that that day. Wow. I heard that record that it must have been within the first few days of that record coming out. It was like in the afternoon. I would never. It was like she was like, why? I heard a record. I have to go buy it. Please let me go buy it. Damn. Sucker MCs. So sick. So I, I mean, I was like third. I was a kid. I mean, I was I was going into the city and buying records when I was thirteen. That's amazing. Buying like man. records to like hit, like to spin back and shit like that. Yeah. But I remember those two records. Like I needed to have immediately. Yeah. yeah those are sick records. Like, yeah, I can't honestly. I can't even think of like doing that today. Like to some to somebody. I'm keeping this. Yeah, I'm keeping this. You like when you almost freeze your awareness <laughs> and you're kind of like. Oh, like a dog playing dead or something like that. Yeah, but you you were serious about it too, so that's like dead serious. Damn. So then, so you so you hooked on you hooked on hip hop. You started making some beats. I started making some beats. Yeah, um, and oddly, I feel like half the shit I do today still doesn't sound like it. Obviously, because hopefully you develop. Yeah, but it's still kind of reminiscent. Yeah, um, in some sense of the, the yeah. shit I was fucking with. Yeah, yeah. So. The first burn show. Do you remember what the first burn show was and where? Yeah, I, I absolutely do. So I remember. Shout outs to to Sick of It All. Um, Sick of It All was playing. It was Sick of It All headlining CBs, and they were like, "All right, we're gonna let you guys play three songs right before. So you're gonna gonna go on our gear, play three songs, and then we're gonna jump on." Oh right, cool. shit! Yeah, so we played three songs. Um, I remember I, the, the, I have a video somewhere like Sasha was like, "Yo, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stage dive." <laughs> um, and he had like a Yankee, like a like a one of those satin um, Yankee um, jackets, like yeah, Yankee remember, yeah. And I just remember him like going, he jumps onto like that that slanted corner of the stage on the stage left. Yeah, he jumps on that, and just jumps off real quick. I remember I had, I think I had that like animal stop, animal bird shoot shirt on, and I had cut my hand the night before because you know, Toby, I was so fucking excited for the show. I was like bugging, and I was like, we, I mean, if you didn't do this, I don't know if you're hardcore, but I was doing flips onto my bed. <laughs> I did that shit. Too. <laughs> If you don't do that, yeah, I don't know if you're hardcore. Just keeping it on each week. You were practicing right in your room and shit? That's amazing, man. And well, I don't know if it was practicing. It was just like... You're getting hyped. Yeah. And I remember, and like, <laughs> like, I had like a... What's that called? The, the box spring sits on like the frame. Oh, yeah, I yeah, sliced yeah. my hand. I sliced my hand on the frame with the bed. Oh, shit. So that's why in that video, you see me like with like a soft cast looking thing on. Because Damn. I cut my hand open. From bed moshing. Sick. Bad stage dive. Bad stage dive. Yeah. Big deal. There's another time like, it was like there was like it was like a blizzard in New York and like right outside of Toronto, like they had piled up this pile of snow that was like maybe three, three and a half feet hot, four feet hot maybe. Yeah. And I remember like so it was myself, Norm from Texas is the reason, Mark Ryan, somebody else was there. And so like we would hum mosh like mosh parts. Yeah. And then people would stage dive. <laughs> <laughs> A mosh parts outside. It's Dude, fucking... it was amazing. Holy right shit. Right on First Avenue. Right on fucking First Avenue. Just acting the fool. That is amazing. So... <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Fun as fuck. Do you remember what burn songs you played that night? Um, Did you have a lot of songs or no? I probably at a time. Um, I like that time. That time, a lot of the shit sounded a lot very haunted in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, a lot of the haunted fast stuff we played. 
whatever whatever that would have been. Yeah. So so how soon after that did you put the seven inch out revelation? Like how many shows you played? You guys created a buzz. Like what was the what was the vibe <sighs> on those three songs at the Sick of It All show? People liked you it. Know what's cr- dude, it was dude, 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 it was fucking. It was. It was like when when you have fifteen niggas like in a circle with like torches and shit, and there's niggas fighting in the middle, <laughs> and like somebody in like some fucking like two big fat dudes like beating conga drums on, on like out like either side. It was like that. Oh shit! It was like a video game. <laughs> so one of great. That's awesome, Be, dude. Because for the simple fact that the music is does have a spiritual piece to it that yes. does allow you to kind of key into to some of the primal to safely key into some of the primal stuff. Yes. Because, I mean, that's a fear. One of my fears is getting too upset. You know what I mean? Because I, I don't, I don't like the word trigger. Yeah. But sometimes when you get like, get too open, then like you flip. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that the burn stuff gives people an opportunity to really get, to really ride some of that line mm-hmm. a bit um without feeling i mean to ride that line and, and there's other bands that do it yeah you know but but that i guess that's without thinking i don't think we were trying to do that no but there but is there, there, there is there is like a warrior vibe like that music had some it did have something that was really different and you can feel it and and uh yeah the warrior vibe is really i mean and that's that's what i that's what i love about the what's it the haunted fast stuff because it just mm-hmm. sounds like not everyone's getting out of here alive. Yeah. And some you of the know, breakdowns uh, in those parts were just fucking really, really heavy. Dude, Gavin's like... breakdowns are crazy. And Alan's a drumming Alex. Yeah. Yeah. And Alex, I mean, Alex is a wonderful um, player. Very, very melodic and harmonic. Yeah. With how he brought it. Yeah. So. And did. Go, go ahead. ahead. What I was going to say, like, so. I was going to say he didn't read. Go ahead. No, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say he didn't rely on a lot of low end, and I keep I fucking stress mm, that shit. Yeah, because like you hear like a lot of rap songs today has the eight oh eight. I mean, nigga, I can make anything sound good with eight oh eight. Like, not that, and there's a lot of great songs out there, but when you can make a song that sounds great and there's you're not relying on that, like Alex didn't have a lot of low end in the sound. Also, like Sergio, like people think, oh, Sergio sounded so. I mean, there's a lot of low end in it, but there's also a lot of mid range in it, so you can hear the low end. Mm. You know, yeah. So you gotta you gotta know how to fucking flip that shit. And Alex was really good at like getting having his face be in the right space. Yes. In, in this in the sound in the song, like there's not Alex never pushed a fuck ton of low end. It's just not there. Gotcha. He actually sounds like a jazz bass player, and he plays like and he this nigga looks like a jazz bass player. <laughs> Look at him. He's got cocky. This yeah. motherfucker had cockies and a turtleneck and like a thin belt. Yeah, he did actually. I remember that. He did have a style. And honestly, yeah. he rocked the fuck out of that shit. And just stood in one place. He did. And he he rocked that shit. Honestly, it's like he's an incredible bass player. Um, is he in Cal? Is he in California now? Last I heard. Okay. Yeah, it's, he's it's, actually he's the only he's the only person from hardcore aside from Sasha that's ever been in my parents' house. Oh wow. Up. Holy shit! But he this motherfucker called like I mean this is like payphone days ring ring i'm like hello he's like hey um it's alex i'm like yo what's good what you, i'm i'm like yeah what's up man like this is like when we had first met like yeah i was living at my parents house yeah 
She's like, yo, I'm in your neighborhood. I'm like, what? He's like, I'm in your neighborhood. I was like, where? And he described it. He's like, okay, that's like 10 blocks away. Okay. Um, like, okay, fuck, come by. You know? So this motherfucker rings the buzzer, you know, comes upstairs. We're sitting like in my living room, like, and there's like, we started talking like around six o'clock. And you like when you're having a conversation and the sun sets and like, you were using the, the ambient lighting to light the room. And this so now the room has no lights in it, but maybe you've been talking, so you're not really caring about the yeah, lights dimmed. Yeah, 100%. So that happened. And just as soon as it got like to the point where it was like clearly dark in the apartment, my father comes in. Like he opens the door. I'm like, oh shit. Cause like we never had people over. Yeah. So he comes in and I'm like, oh hey, dad. This is my friend Alex. He was in a neighborhood. He just stopped by to say hello. And my dad says, hi, Alex. And just walks, walks and went into the back, <laughs> which was incredible because like, we, I was, I mean, having unannounced people over was a no-no. So that was against the rules in your house, or this something didn't happen usually. It was against the rules. Okay. Honestly, like not in the. I, I mean, there were white people from the from like in my building, but like, no random like white friends from school had ever been or anyone wow. had ever been in my apartment. Wow, that's, um, that's interesting. It's cool. Yeah, but it was crazy. Like, we, I just remember like thinking about how crazy this must look because there was one chair that was like in a corner, right? And so Alex is sitting in that chair. It's like it had like kind of a, a kind of a high back and kind of like a, a flouted uh, kind of sides or flute, like like a like a flute, like kind of like a like yeah. glass that kind of opens up. And so it kind of looks ornate. And he's like sitting there in his chair, and like I'm sitting on the couch, and the door opens, and, like and this beam of light comes in from the hallway. It looked like a fucking horror movie, dude. Like thinking back <laughs> on it, that's why I was like, oh my god. I was like, I'm fucking getting my ass kicked today. Um, but he didn't mention it. Yeah, that's cool. He never mentioned it. Yeah, it was weird. I was totally surprised. Um so Alex, how'd you meet Alex in the first place? I think an ad in the paper, if I'm honest. Wow. Or, or maybe hardcore. You know what? No, it wasn't. Ed, uh, no, there's an end the paper story. Uh, we met through in hardcore. Yeah. Um, okay. And we met at shows. Yeah. But then we were looking for a, a guitar player, and we went met this, met this dude. He seemed nice enough. This motherfucker. Um, he lived like right off Fifth Avenue, like in some like fancy fancy apartment. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, "Yeah, come in my room." And like he went to we went to his room. We sit down. And then, like, we look up, and there's like a rebel flag, like, what? above his bed. And fucking like, he's like, yeah. And, and honestly, crazy. I mean, there's, there's, I, it's complicated with the whole rebel flag situation or whatever. But I was just like, you know what? Like, this nigga's, he's like 15. Like, what is he like? Mm-hmm. We gotta go. So we broke out. That's crazy to think about that. Something um, like that in Manhattan. That's fucking wild. Yeah, it's just, it was just like weird. I mean, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. It was weird. Um, I'm not saying he was racist, um, but it was just like we didn't we didn't wait to find out kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, wow. So should, yeah. So after that burn show, the three songs with sick of it all. Obviously, the buzz. That's pre-internet. Now words is now words is spreading. There was a, you guys killed. It was a great show. How soon after right, that? Right. Like, do you get? How did the seven inch come out? What like what goes after that? <sighs> Um, damn, that's a good good question. I think maybe maybe it might have been a good year. Oh wow. A year and a half or some shit. I think it was a it was a minute, I think. I think okay. it was a minute. Um you guys started getting a bunch maybe, of shows. Yeah, we were playing I mean, we were playing with Sick of It All a bunch. A bunch of shows. Um, they really fucking helped us out. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I, was, I was probably with them then because I was like 89.90 for sure. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're in some of the videos. I'm sure. Um, you took some shit. Uh, uh, Unisound in Pennsylvania, like a bunch oh of. Oh my them. god, dude! Those shows are <laughs> fucking crazy. They were crazy, dude. The airport music hall shows. Oh my god, sketchy shit. Oh, you seen the video, right? I don't know if I haven't seen the video, but I, I was I heard about it because we had just been there with Sigma. I was like, all the Nazis came out. That was gnarly, dude. Yeah, dude, it was crazy. Because the funny shit is, so we roll up there, right? And um. It was whatever lovely afternoon in, in Pennsylvania. You know, the sun is sun is shining. Uh, you know that pre-venue loading where everyone's kind of optimistic and they're kind of <laughs> saying hello to people yeah. and <laughs> yes. and so and so like we're talking to some kind of you know skin skinhead people. They're dressed like skins outside. They're buying merch from us. Um, they wanted to buy the merch right there. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, hanging out, hanging out. So then, like, I think I, I think it was a homegirl or somebody. I forgot who it was. Um. They were like, yo, like, I feel like I've seen like five screwdriver shirts, and there's only like 50 people here yet. It was like, I mean, this is the doors open, like all the lights are on. Yeah, house lights are thrown on. So then, like, damn, okay, screwdriver, brutal attack. Damn, white, wow. So by the time this shit, like, there was like 500 people there. It was probably 200 white power skinheads. Holy shit! And I just remember like. We were like warming up, like we were going to battle, and feeling like the back. We were like stretching, and like we had a couple of heads with us that, like, yeah, I was studying at that time. Gojiru, Gavin was training. We had another head that was studying martial arts. Mm-hmm. So like we were just like, all right, yeah, let's rock, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so we get up there, we start playing, 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 and like people are trying to come to the front and fuck with us a little bit. Like huge bouncers, like fucking, um, like probably like five hundred pound dude, like look at fucking like an egg. Yeah. Um, and he, they would just come up there front. He would just like, um, what's that? Uh, walk, walk, walk him, sock him, rock him, sock him, uh, whack him exactly. I'm trying to say walk him and rock him, sock him. I know exactly breath. what you're talking about. Yes. And he would do that to each one of these people. <laughs> Holy shit. It was, it was almost like required, like no effort. It was more about the hard part was the coordination of, of like him hitting the person directly in the center of the head. Damn. <laughs> but it was almost like an afterthought. He was just like, douche. Bush. Bush. <laughs> and then like at one point somebody like sprayed mace apparently there was a shotgun that was brandished oh shit um were they talking yeah, shit to you were they yelling shit at you yeah they were yelling all kinds of shit damn at one point yeah there was um i, I produced my penis at one point that uh <laughs> they countered <laughs> i heard about that i heard about that <laughs> I heard that you're flexing. I heard that, man. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I, I don't know. If, I mean, I, I guess it was. I was more just being like, "Yo, fuck you, man." You know what I mean? Like, I know. Yo, I mean, I heard I, about that. It shit. was cra- it was crazy. It was like, pre-internet yo, so too. Fuck. No way for you. So, so, so the, the, the icing on the cake was kind of like, and I, and I guess I talk about this kid. So hopefully, maybe he's doing better now. So this one guy comes over to the van, right? And he's like, yo, he's like one of the white power skinners, and they, they're like parents are down with the cops or are the cops oh, yeah. it's just some weird shit so he's like yo man i just want to see you know man y'all got heart man for coming out here and, and putting up with this shit y'all got heart and i forgot what we said to him but he was like one of the one of the white power people wow yeah i mean i thought i thought we could i thought some shit could i mean that shit could have got real bad obviously. yeah people got killed in that shit for sure yes yeah, so that shit could have got real bad so did you experience any more stuff after that? Did you experience racism or any kind of shit like that in the scene for your for for 
playing shows. You know, there was one time, there was one time I, we were playing, Orange and I was playing in Minneapolis at First Avenue. Mm. And honestly, I had no idea. So, like, I get off stage and somebody's like, yo, Chaka, we found that kid that was yelling those racial slurs. I'm like, what? I was like, oh. They're like, yo, we got him in the phone booth. I was like, all right, yo, let's go check him out, right? So it's like, whatever, 30, like, kind of, like, non-racial skins, whatever, people from there. Um, and they had this dude in, like, one of the phone booths at the back of First Avenue. Oh, shit. And so I walk up, and I form, like, at this kind of half circle, and I open the door to the phone booth, and this thing is cowering in there, right? And I'm like, yo, man. I was like, obviously, I can fuck you up right now, because I have, like, 30 people with me. But why the fuck am I going to do that? Mm-hmm. I was like, why are you yelling shit? Yo, man, yo, yo, uh, uh. I was like, yo, just look around you and just recognize that you got scared today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you're bullshit. You got scared today. Because these, those, and I said, I was like, yo, these dudes still want to fuck you up. Yeah. You know, just on principle. Yeah, for sure. He must have been so scared, man. I would have been scared. You know? Yeah. And and I hope and I hope that made that made him realize that yo what, don't do that shit. Yeah, he's by himself there too, huh? Well, if he if he was with heads, they weren't ripping. Exactly. You know, they were yeah. in the corner. Yeah. So 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 by the time you put the first seven inch out, what is a burn show like at that point for you guys? You guys just crushing every show? Was there a big buzz? Were people waiting for this thing to come out? I mean, it, it was like, I mean, it was fun. Like you said, it was like we had a bunch of heads that used to dance with us. Yeah. You know, we had um, we had uh, Mike from the Bronx. We had yep. Stack. Yep. We had Air for a while was up there with us. Um, a bunch of heads. Mark used to roll. I used to roll with Mark in Super Touch. We would always yeah. dance for each other. Yeah. Um, awesome. Fahim, Joey, um, uh, not 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 Joey. Um, I know, yeah, Joey Rods. So we, those are kind of the heads that when we had kind of an esoteric. Also, um, Fern, obviously, I used yeah. to love Fern stage stage dance. And yeah, those were the kind of primary heads that used to roll with us and kind of had like an esoteric style of dancing that we would kind of. I mean, honestly, the shit was ceremonial in the root sense. Yeah. I feel like any any. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Any, I feel like any good music is. I mean, like look at H2O, like H2O, you guys are a celebration, right? <laughs> totally. And I love that. Thank and you. I, and that's something that I that I wish that kind of burn could do in a sense, but I, I, that's not really the talent band's wired. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think every band has a a, a, a a resonance that it gets you to. Um, and obviously with the H2O thing, it's a, it's about celebrating and 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 remembering and honoring and. 100%. Uh, and humbling yourself and uh, and family and sacrifice and those things that I believe are wholesome. Yes. And I think that the burn thing um, is I think about kind of a creative, about a creative uh, destruction, maybe a pruning of the, of the, of the, of the, of the shadow. Mm. Uh, you have to be aware of the shadow uh, in order to massage the shadow, the edges that you want to maybe trim or take back. It's impossible to not have a shadow. I think I believe while you're in the in the form here on the planet. Yeah. Um. So the and the and situations call the uh situations try you and and give you they try your ability to control your shadow. I like. And that. I think that what punk did for me, I think that what I like about music is that it gives us the ability to 
converse with the shadow in a way that maybe can help us to kind of get through some things and, and feel some victory yeah uh somehow i love that that was that was actually a great breakdown of it actually man that was uh yeah You're like a philosopher and shit that was, i like that you know i came up on the chaos no kidding so you're having a talk and talking about he uh, bled you tamers black education what is he talking about <laughs> so when the seven inch came out like what was the response was like was it was it a big deal? I, I don't yeah, know. It was, I mean, it was a great response. I yeah. mean, that, I mean, but it wasn't like I was a. I mean, it was it was. I mean, it's hard to say. Was it a great? Response. I mean, yeah. I mean, that was a, that was a seminal time. So, yeah. like, all those things were like really forging uh, a road. It's a perfect seven. Um, and really, oh you know, yeah, much respect. Perfect. Yeah, you know, I, 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 and I, I love it too. I think, I think that we, I think, yeah, I, I, I that's. I think the seven inch was it was it was a timely record. Yes. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. It obviously not obviously, but definitely. What what is a great response? What inspired you to actually to write "Shall Be Judged" for that at that point? Because I know you said you were raised vegetarian by your family, but you weren't really like. Oh, I guess yeah. I guess you you're pretty much in the animal rights at that point for sure. You were actually yeah, that's right. I mean, I was I was vegan for the animals at a certain yeah. point in my life. Yeah, you were. Um, man. When you're young, you're raised that way too. Yeah, I was raised, but not vegan. The vegan yeah. thing was my, was a was my you know my breakaway from the pescatarian piece. Yeah. Um, and what inspired what just, inspired that? Just kind of listening, uh, listening to people talk about you know what they've learned, especially like honestly, working at Piranha was really yeah. the baseline. Yeah, that for makes it. sense. Yeah. Um, Conscious minds and learning, time. and learn, and then like, I, after a while, I was ordering, so like I was able to kind of develop a relationship with some of these, you know, actual mm. purveyors of some of the stuff. And yeah, then at that time, it was it was because you it was your philosophy that you fuck with this shit. It wasn't because you could get it into Whole Foods. Exactly. You know, you yeah. were doing this shit, and you were driving it around yourself, and it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. There was a guy named. There's a company called Sister Shorters that made a bunch of great products. Okay. And um, him and his wife would come in from upstate, and they'd drop off their uh, vegan uh, lasagna product, and it was it was the love. It wasn't yeah. because they were going to get distribution across the country at the Whole Foods. Yeah. They're actually you know, trying so to, actually trying the to make a difference. Thing. Yeah, they're trying to make a difference. They're trying to make money. Yeah. And that and that's that's informative, even if you don't know it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So that that inspired that, and then um, absolutely, yeah. And that was and that's a pretty hard song. Obviously, we had other bands singing about that, at, you know. But still, I mean, that's a pretty really direct and powerful song. You know what I mean? Like it's very, it's got a spiritual vibe to it. Once again, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that the, the decisions are most of the decisions we face end up going back to the spiritual. In my in my understanding. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And it's crazy how full circle we are right now in 2019 that a lot of the world's changing in that direction. Like, like and dude, that's like, we're like 30, it's like 30 years. That burn record came out, what, 90 or 91 or some shit? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Fuck. The shit, the shit, the shit that you guys were saying, that everybody was singing about, a lot of the bands back then, is this all came, it's full circle now. You know what I mean? It's like even like, yeah now it's just popular. <laughs> I know, but it's like really popular. Yeah, it's like the biggest. It's crazy, but I think people start to realize now that it actually does affect the planet. They're actually waking up to it. You know what I mean? 
It's crazy. And also how it affects your body as well. Like, I mean, because mm-hmm. the planet, the planet shit, like, I mean, BP and dumping co-regs and doing this shit. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure that my straw is causing that right now. Yeah. If, I don't think my straw is fucking up the Gulf of Mexico. But when I think about my own ecosystem in my body, which is what I need to make good quality choices for the mm-hmm. other people in my ecosystem, my family, my friends, etc. Yeah. Putting, putting, um, food with negative energies into your body is a horrible place to start. Yes. It's a horrible place to start. I agree. Um, it fucks up your mental, so fucks everything up. Yeah. Everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. And, and even and even when you when you're eating food you know you shouldn't eat, it makes you dumb. I have to agree. Yeah. hundred percent. You know it's hard, man. You gotta get a fucking do you have a good you have a pretty strong like a like a strict diet now or no? Like you, you watch everything you eat and your age or getting older and shit and I I listen to my body. Yeah. As AF, you yeah. know, as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. You're in tune with it. I mean, I I I think when when you no when when I as I've grown in years, I feel like I'm trying to believe in and respect my body a bit more. Yeah. And I realize that I have friends, I have family, you know, and this is not by no means selfish, but I have me as well. Like I, I'm the only person that can control a lot of the pieces of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm, I really need like your attitude, positive mental attitude. Yes. Think, think about it. How hard, how, how hard is it to have a good attitude when you have a stomach ache? It's fucking hard. <laughs> all right. All right. Yo, yo, yo. Follow, 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 follow. Check this out. All right. So you have a stomach ache. Let's say let's say it's a seven out of ten. Fuck. You definitely can't be able to. But what's, what if you have a one out of ten? Mm. Or a two out of ten, which is what people are realizing. Oh, shit. I just realized I can't. I shouldn't eat gluten. Or I realize I shouldn't fuck with rice. Or I shouldn't fuck with meat. Or I shouldn't yeah. fuck with fish. Or I shouldn't fuck with this. That two out of ten is the part that's dangerous. Because because you're fucking around operating at two out of ten, and I'm 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 pretty sure that I am. I'm trying to I'm trying to get my shit tight. Yeah. But so you're you're in a diminished state, but you don't know it. Mm-hmm. You could be you could be more buoyant with your personality. You could be a little happier. Like I told my boy Justin, he does that out of step uh, Instagram. We were talking to a friend outside of uh, the last Super Bowl hardcore. About kombucha, the guy was like, "Yeah, fuck that kombucha." Shit. I was like, "Yo, Jay, his name is Justin." I was like, "Yo, how do you feel after you drink kombucha?" He said, "I feel great," mm-hmm. and because that shit affects that shit fucks with your gut in the right way. Yeah, it's probiotic. It gives it's really you really good. Yeah, bam. So now you can be in a better mood. Yeah, right. It's true. So you think about how many shitty decisions I've you I've, you posted a meme about making decisions in anger with the wolf is jumping, chasing the bird off the cliff. The yep. bird can fly, the wolf can't. Yep. When your gut is in in bad shape, you you're like more likely to be that wolf, mm-hmm. right? 100%. And then when you think about think about a child, right, who even has less ability to govern, has less wisdom to see the edge of the cliff or to see the the trick, you're giving that child bad food, right? Yeah. You're giving that child even supermarket food. I consider to be something you have. You have to read the fucking ingredients. You know, 100%. You know? Yeah. like if you're feeding your child shit that's detrimental to that child's health, you 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 have to understand why he's failing in school, why he's acting up, why he's crying all the time. Yeah. You know why he's irritable. He or she is irritable. 
Yeah, think about or the, not sleeping. Think about the shitty food machines that serve like the soda and all the candy at school every day, and the food they're serving Bam. the kids. That's fucking you crazy, know? man. So this that for me that's that's a huge piece of of cognition lies within the food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I agree, man, hundred percent. It's it's everything. You know what I mean? Like people. And then people like don't. Then people continue those diets, and they go on medication. Medi- so they're taking pills and eating like shit, and wondering why they're still fucked up. It's crazy, man. They're not putting yeah. two and two together sometimes. I agree with that. I think we we've been the, the society tells us, and I'm and I'm lazy because I'm I could be in way better fucking shape. I don't. I need to start working out. You've always been in good shape, though, man. But, but you know the thing I'm gonna share is like this, like so fucking. So society tells you like, okay, like we're gonna make it easy for you. That the commercial, like the woman's checking out of her hotel, and she's in the car, and she just does one swipe, and the whole world has changed, and, and everything is just a quick swipe, and 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 you did the thing. If you're concerned about something that happened in overseas, then you put the icon on your Instagram, and they're done. Mm. So that mentality, think about your health. How can you how can you handle your health if that if that is what you think works in real life? Yeah. You know, you're eating a chicken McNugget thinking that I'm going to swipe. So when it comes to your health, you think you expect the pill to do the job. Yeah. Because why, why wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then, you know? and then there's, there's people on Instagram that use like all the different, uh, I don't know what it's called. They make themselves look like what they really aren't. So they're not really trying to change themselves by getting healthy or working out. They're just using, they're, cha- they're using apps and, and shit on their pictures to make themselves look like they're, what they really aren't like not, it's all mental thing not really helping with their physical it's fucking crazy man it's yeah it's i dude i i agree with that i agree with that that's why people a lot of people are like unhappy yeah i mean yeah um and i find myself i like i, I fucking i yanked all my shit down a while back like maybe a few months six months ago maybe or some shit but i started posting some shit again and i'm kind of really cognizant of like because everyone like if anyone says that they don't like getting a like in their picture they're a liar facts um because honestly it feels good for somebody to like your shit let's be honest yeah here. man it's true um so i just gotta sometimes like i'm like nigga are you posting because you like want to get a like or are you posting because you want to share this like what are you doing it, yeah you know? it's it's hard to figure out what's um smoke and mirrors and what's real sometimes it really is man. It's yeah crazy. to you and even to you because yeah. other people are gonna lie you you can leave that to them to lie yep but when are you using this as an opiate? Because it's, it's an opiate. When are you using it as an opiate? You know. Yeah, it's very. I had a discussion with my friend Michael the other day because he does a lot of stuff on social media too. Just like, you know, how many hours you spend, the cutting back. What is it really doing for you? Are you making money off it? Is it just? It's an definitely an addiction. And I know that like Steve Jobs said, he wanted to create an extension of the human body, and he and he did. He fucking. He did with the phones. They're fucking. They're they're amazing for positive shit, but there's a, re- a lot of dark shit on there too. It's a very. It's just gonna yeah balance it, man. It's. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of dark shit, and the dark shit is it's it's self, uh, inflicted. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is the hardest shit. I mean, the sh- the the shaming or whatever or the bullying is one thing. Yes. You can always say oh, that guy's an idiot, but when you're looking at something and being like, I suck. That's really bad, mm-hmm. and that's what's happening. That's what's happening with people. I mean, I, good God forbid, I, you know, being, being a woman or somebody that, or even being a band, being anybody that's like that's being judged or anything, you know, mm-hmm. judged on your music, judged on your looks, judged on your art, judged on your this, like, yeah, 
like you put up a post the other day where it was like, um, and Brene, this when Brene Brown, who I, I like some of her shit, talks about how the motherfuckers that are complaining aren't on the battlefield. If you're on the battlefield, you're gonna hit the ground. You know, exactly. The people that are the people that are in the in, in the battle, meaning that they're sharing their art or they're sharing their yeah. acting or they're you're gonna hit the you're gonna fail. And the people that are not doing it, the people that are the, are the fucking complaining bitches, the they're gonna yeah. be on the side of the stage, the critics with a clean white suit on, you know, bitching at you. Yeah. And they're not even fucking in the arena. Hundred percent, man. 100%. You know, so that's the, the hard thing about social is like, how do you? So like. Even for myself, like I have my new Ghost Festival shit. I'm like, how the fuck do I want to share this shit? Like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe some people will like it. Maybe some people won't. Like, I'm developing a sound that I hope people like. It's fucking to me. It sounds punk in some ways. And I'm so, I, I, like, how do you know? Like, what? How do you change a thread on on somebody? Like, okay, yeah. guys, like you know me from hard. You know me from hardcore. Like, check this out. You know what I mean? Like, part of me just went like wants to have like a separate Instagram and yeah. start employing hashtags or something. I don't know. Yeah. What do you mean? What do you think? I was think, so, let me ask you. I want to ask you a question. What are your thoughts about managing expectations that self-imposed expectations that you get from being a, a personality on social media? Managing expectations. That, that's a really, that's a really good question because, like you just said, you're like, I want to put music out, but you know, if you want to put it on the, your platform of your personal page, but, but that's who you are. And that's how you're expressing yourself. And you are Chaka. We know you from Burn. We know you from Orange 9. And we know you from uh, Ghost, Ghost Decibels now. But it's like, you're a grown-ass man. This is how you express yourself. And you shouldn't have to worry or care about a like or who's going to like or not because you're at a point in your life where you've had so much success and you are who you are that it shouldn't fucking matter. You're a fucking middle-aged, grown-ass man. And I, I feel you on that because sometimes, right. sometimes it is hard to like just put your shit out there and that see what people are going to think, especially with music. I wish it was a platform you could put music out where, where people could just hear it and nobody could comment, nobody could like it. They just have to fucking hear it. I, like it used to be, just put music out, people listen to it, and I don't know. It's I, I, I have no expectations. I know now that like I do have a, uh, I, I have a platform that I use as much as I can to promote positivity and promote my band and all the shit I'm doing and, and express myself and, and talk to people. I answer my DMs all day long. I get like, almost over a hundred messages a day. I try to answer every message. Wow. I answer them every day. I talk people for addiction, people that are suicidal, people going vegan, people, wow. parents, people all day long. It, it's a full, for me, it's pretty much full time, but I also, I run a business off Instagram where I have my store. I have my link. I communicate through DMS to all the consumers and all the people that buy my shit so that they know I'm selling it. I'm creating it. I'm designing it. And I'm fucking shipping it. And I'm also 24 seven customer service. So my, my wife said, what do you I'm like, I'm working. I'm talking to people fucking in other countries about where their order is or when's it coming or what's a pre-order. Like, uh, my shit's like you love it. I I I, I love it because I I use it in the positive. It's it's such a good tool if you can really work it. And like for me, uh, I I run business out of my house and I'm total DIY. I have no merchandise in this house. Everything's pre-ordered. So I have a way. I know how to put it out. I do like the polls on Instagram story. You vote which colorway you want, and I take I take it their advice. I let the people speak and tell me which colorway to pick or should I reprint this design or if I should add pink and I do it and I do customs, I do baby tees. I love it. I love it because it's all me doing it. It's like, I have no manager. I have no business manager. I have nobody taking anything. It's just me and I'm working hard to do it. And I, and I make, I make what I make from it. You know what I mean? Like, so I mean, I'm in it, I'm in it, but also like you said, like there shouldn't be any fear of criticism. My, my wife's always like, 
it's hard not to care what people think sometimes, but also it's like, fuck it. I mean, it's like, this is me. I put myself out there hundred percent. I, I, if it, whatever I am right now, I am on my social media. That's just me. And I, and I do, um, wear my heart on my sleeve and I do, um, I forgot the word I use about somebody said something about me the other day, told me about that. I just put myself out there. I'm not, I'm not afraid. I have nothing to hide. This is me. So whatever that entails that people like dissing me and making fun of me for liking different types of music or I don't know that I'm, that I'm a sensitive person yeah. and I have tattoos and I can't be a hardcore singer like Coldplay and I can't be emotional. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> this is who I am 100%. I've always been me 100%. And I don't know. I just, I have nothing to hide. If people like my band, they don't like my band. I, I don't really care at this point. I, I like, but yeah, you, you make new music. You want people to like you. are proud of it. You're passionate about it. You're, you're about to release it. I'm so psyched on this fucking shit you put out there. And it's like, fuck, what are people going to think? Regardless that you fucking love it and you believe in it, unfortunately, other people have to like it too to buy it and support it. So it's like, right. it's hard, man. It's I know exactly what you're talking about. It's There's a fine line with that shit. And it's like, I don't know. I just try not to, try to get down the rabbit hole sometimes of like, Oh, word. The comments or response sometimes the negative shit, and it is fun to block people sometimes. And but, um, <laughs> but even then, it's just you're like you're just. It's not even the real world. It's either blocking somebody with a private account. You don't know the fuck who they are. And it's like okay, you know what I mean. You're talking shit to me. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's you got to separate that shit because, reality is you want people in real life at your shows in real life singing along. And you know I'm lucky I had that before the internet, and that people. You know, my my shit's not just online. You can come see the show, and and I'm, I'm a person off the internet. You can talk to me, and I'm, I'll buy the merch. I'm hanging out. You know what I mean? Right. And I've always been that way, and that's what hardcore and punk rock taught me. But social media is such a good platform to let people know, hey, I'm playing here tomorrow. You don't have to make flyers anymore. You don't have to do all this other shit. You just post it yeah. up, and people, there's so much positivism in this, you know, for it. But I don't know, man. Yeah, that, you just got me. You just got me psyched on Insta. <laughs> <laughs> and like you, you've invent you reinvent yourself. So with the burn and the orange nine millimeter, it was something totally different. You know, that, that that's mm-hmm. a whole different chapter. You guys put a, a bunch of records out. You guys are fucking really, really big. You, you recreated. I mean, like you invent yourself. That that was another chapter of your life that I thought was amazing, man. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate that. Like, appreciate. We'll see if I can reinvent myself again with Ghost Decibel. Though. I know. It's really a, kind of a continuation of some shit. I so, mean, yeah, we'll I mean, you, you seem like you're you're definitely you're definitely an optimist. <laughs> is that does that mean that you listen to the music? Definitely optimist that if people gonna like. <laughs> no, but you are though. I'm the same Jerry as a person, as an outgoing person, oh, a positive sure. person. You've always been well, a lot, lot of energy and like and a positive person. You're never like a negative, like dark, angry person. You know what I'm saying? Like, I appreciate that. And I think I, I mean, think I think definitely. I think you get it out in your music too. You know what I mean? That you've always had that a great way of venting and and getting out lyrically and stuff. You know. Um. So Thank I mean, you, Toby. so so a- after Burn, we went to Orange Nine. I mean, Orange Nine was such a different level for you and um in your career. You know what I mean? Like all those those first Warp tours you guys did, just like the buzz. Yeah. And, um, that first that first EP came out on Rev. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. what was that? What 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 was the what was the final end of Burn? You just wanted to try something different. You think? I think at the, the end of Burn was we had gone. We had I think audition every drummer in new york to some degree <laughs> yeah. at some point yeah you know like it's fucking sucks so hard dude yeah we just we just can't, couldn't keep a drummer um and uh i think there was some other stuff maybe alex was kind of leaving or something like that and gavin 
I think wanted to do something different. And I think I, I think everybody pretty much just kind of needed a break. And how many years? How many years of, was? How many years was Burn for? Like ninety four, I guess, 89, 88, 89, 94, something like that. Okay. And or ninety five, and because I, I think Orange Night started ninety five. Yeah. So we started actually. Orange Night started, started like a couple of months after Burn ended. Yeah, and where did that name come from? I always wanted to ask you that. I made that shit up. Okay. <laughs> I made it up. I was just thinking about yeah. I was just thinking about like creative, creative energy, blast of like, po- mm. like, and honestly, cre- like positive creative energy, like, yeah, the kind of thing that makes you just want to like be kind of like wild eyed, happy, and jump around. Not happy in a, in a, in a whack way, but like yeah. energized, yeah, you know, enthused. Yeah. I always wanted to ask you that because, like, yeah. ha- like having a, like the gun logo was pretty strong and all that, but the merch was so bright and colorful and like super positive. Yeah, no, and on the back of that gun shirt was a light bulb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was really about kind of you know there was a there was a thought piece to it. Yeah, who did the, who do, who did the art and stuff for? I know you see your dad for the back of the seventies, but who came up with a lot of your designs for like even Orange Nightmare and Burn because they were always so bright. And I feel like it was almost like some OG streetwear shit before streetwear. Dude, absolutely. Um, I was in charge of the layouts for the. Actually, let me think. So the, the first burn shit, I did some of the writing. Yeah, did a lot of the layout with. I had that first cover was my idea. So basically, like I had gone to the Anthrax and I had videotaped Absolution or something at the Anthrax. Got you. And I was, and I was watching a video of it, and like something happened. Somebody called me, and I paused the the, the tape. It was like VHS tape, and I paused it right at the time, and there was like a, a flash had run off. And I was like, oh my god, that looks amazing. So I called up Sasha. Um, Sasha, because I like, yeah, Sasha, yo, come to the fucking Anthrax show. I'm going to do a videotape for us. And I called my dad. I was like, yo, dad, Sasha's going to videotape the show, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to mark a few spots that I want you to get like a a screenshot of, like with like meaning like have a camera take a picture of, of a of a high res video monitor. Mm. So we had like three or four different kind of freeze frames. That we that we kind of picked from, and that was the one. That's awesome. That was a that was a that the 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 pose wasn't planned. Yeah. But the 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 energy was planned. Yes. I love that man. I love that. Yeah. And then orange the the next burn shit would have been uh, last great sea. I guess. Yeah, right? last great sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When did that? Or come did out? cleanse come before that? I'm not. Last great sure. sea was recorded. Was recorded way before. Was recorded. I think a couple of years. Was that you know it's crazy? I'm fucking I don't I don't know. If cleanse no last great sea, yeah, cleanse came after because that's Manny. Oh yeah, um, Manny, that's right, Manny. Last yeah. Great, yeah, last great sea is Alex. And I was, that was probably like ninety two, ninety one, ninety two. Yeah. Um and then cleanse was like two thousand or something. Damn, two thousand, okay. Yeah, like we came back two thousand and one or some shit. Remember, I had those like those like taxi taxi cab yellow Nikes that I was like running around in like these high tops. They were like crazy looking. I do. Yeah, you um, you always rock you always rock ill kicks in the scene. You always dude, rocked. I love crazy kicks, yo. I know you always rock bright stuff back then too, man. I remember that. You always yeah, you always rock rocking bright clothes, like not really a black t shirt kind of guy or black pants. You're always like a blue jeans or some shit and fucking or cargos and then fucking yeah. And then some bright, shits. bright ass shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't afraid of that shit. Yeah, you had like you probably um, like, you brought like a hip hop vibe into the into the into the hardcore too. I think for sure. 
yeah, like, ur- urban skateboard. urban vibe. Yeah, urban skateboard. <laughs> urban, urban skateboard vibe. Fucking. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, prefer, I prefer to be on the urban charts, please. Thank you. The urban okay. charts. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, like, first time, like, I was at, like, um, McGee Entertainment's office. I was like, urban? Like, what? Like, looking at, like, those radio magazines, like, hits and all that shit. They had the charts broken down by, like, racial shit or whatever. Mm. That was always weird to me. The you know, they used to call black music race music. I didn't know that. Yeah. What year? What What was that? When they called it race music? Yeah, when they call it race music. Let me look that up right now. Race music. That's fucking crazy. That's crazy, right? Yeah, it's fucking crazy. All right, let's see. Race music. It's coming, 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 coming. Race record. Race. Race music. Damn. In the 1940s, race music and race. Okay, this is encyclopedia. This is deep, deep sciences. Wow. I, 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 we are in some entertainment shit. Prior to the emergence of rhythm and blues as a musical genre in the 40s, quote unquote race music and quote unquote race records were terms used to categorize practically all types of African American music. Oh. Race records were the first examples of popular music recorded by, by and marketed to Black Americans. <clears throat> shit. Yeah. That's fucking crazy, man. <laughs> what do you got there, Tommy? Oh, some race records. Enjoy. <laughs> so that so what was burn? Burn was alternative. Burn burn was race music. No, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Orange nine was alternative. <laughs> Orange nine was alternative. Orange nine was race music too. Okay, okay, okay. No, I'm kidding. I guess yeah, Orange Nine was definitely else. Whatever happened to alternative? Is that, is that fucking still, knows, remember, man? That was that. That was alternative that, thrash, right? Yeah, alternative thrash, alternative. Alternative fuck. press, the magazine. That was a magazine, but then there was also that alternative on TV, MTV, like hosted by Matt Matt Pinfield. Alternative, oh shit! Alternative something. Yeah, it's crazy, Dude, what, man. What happened to that genre? I don't know, man. I don't know what happened. Then the grunge came, and then, I don't. I don't. Who the fucking knows, man? But alternatives like REM and all that shit, replacements. Yes, yeah, like post post punk. Yeah, back then. Post, yeah, post 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 punk. Then there's post hardcore, post punk, emo. There's so many fucking names, dude. So what do you, what, what would be the what would be the genre for Orange Nine? You think back then? Race music. No, man. One that we know. <laughs> um... <laughs> Orange nine, man. Fuck. It would, I think alternative. Uh, you were in your own lane uh, and shit, yeah. Honestly, no, always, and sometimes not a good place to be, if I'm honest. Okay. Because no one knows which direction you're going in, and that can lead to it can be exciting mm. on some OJ shit, right? Niggas watch you for the for the for 15 minutes. Yeah. You know, while you while you in the Bronco or whatever it is. <laughs> but people like people like lanes. More and more now, more than ever. Yeah, burn, burn, it, burn at its own lane too, man. I would say too. Or burn took the yeah. lane from absolution and then took it to another level, different, different, weird, yeah, different way. Yeah, different, different place. And I yeah. think also a separate lane. Like I, I like lanes. I'm like I want to, I want to, I, I want to be in a lane. I think I'm right. I think I'm ready to be in a lane. Yeah. You know, in a positive sense. Um, yeah, but you, but but Orange Nine, so that, that EP came out, Revelation, and people, th- what was your reaction to that? Because people love burn, and then the oh. Dude, uh, uh, Orange Nine, I think from the start had an incredible reaction. It's awesome. I think I remember also, that in '94. You know what I what I loved about the the reaction that we got, and there's like a video from Syracuse that I posted a while ago. It was like like I talked about that wild eyed, just energetic, 
like not every man for himself, but like we're just like a bunch of people just flopping the fuck around on beat mm. on their own beat. Yeah, you know what I mean, and just kind yeah. of like fun, you know. Yeah, the kind of thing like you just get in and like you feel the power by doing. It. You smile and you just let yourself go, and there's some physicality to it. There's a lot. There was a lot of energy. A lot. Of, I mean, you you you're a lot of energy. Amazing frontman and burn, but then Orange Nine was just a different Thanks, a different level, man. You know. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, like the energy was just, yeah, the energy was fucking. So that was received really well, but then when Driving Not Included came out, Driving Not Included came out in '95. That that just kind of set off. I think you guys were getting radio or video play on that record. Yeah, we were getting we were getting video play um, on um, High Speed Changer. Do you want to watch yourself? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then also we had I think Suspect got a little bit of play. Okay. We won't stay the same. I, that was like one of my favorite songs, honestly. Yeah, um, and also your vocals, dude. You you totally changed your vocals. Are just, it was crazy. Like you're singing and shit. I mean, you 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 had melodies and burn, but then, but Orange Nine was like, holy shit! Like, I don't know. You're singing this was a next another level, man. It's crazy. Yeah, I definitely. I took it. I I, I definitely. You're actually you're getting me you're getting me stoked on on the human ability to. Just to to level up and change gears. Yeah, you really did, man. Because you came out singing. I mean, it's just like I'm not gonna. Keep, I don't want to compare. I just want to well, like how underdog was underdog, and then into another. Richie was kind of singing. I, I'm not comparing the bands. Sound nothing like each other, but both coming from the hardcore. But then there's another part of them, another side of them where they're actually singing, and it's fucking awesome. It's like because right. oh, you only think one person can do one style, and it's like oh shit. Now it's now it's a whole flip, the whole new shit, and it's like. It's impressive, for sure, man. But you still had you had the hardcore energy on stage. Your your moves, you know what I mean. Like you're still a hardcore kid, but you're not. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a different level. Yeah. Of like the energy, you know, like. Um, and Orange Nine was just like that. I remember still, you guys were crushing the, on the Warp tour. Oh, oh that was shit. so fun, dude! It was so. I used sick. to love playing those shows, dude. Um. Yeah, yeah. We could talk about doing maybe doing some some stuff not sure what we'll do really um yeah it's been some discussion that's fucking awesome once again i'm i'm laying down i like i was up at like uh i've been waking up at like 4 a.m why i just fucking wait i started i fucking can't sleep so i hope i don't sound fucking no you sound great uh, stay right okay, there i'm cool. gonna get my dog some water stay right there all right cool I used to like, I used to like, like in between, like, yeah, yeah, I love that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you feel it? Come on now, yeah. Like your voice was super yeah. high. It was crazy. It was awesome. And we had, I think we had the same management too, the McGee's, because they got the they McGee's. The, they, yeah, they had Orange Nine. They had Civ. They picked up H two O. Quick H two O. Yeah, it was fucking crazy. Doc McGee, who fucking managed to kiss their whole career. He's still with them, actually. It's crazy. That's amazing. Um, so driving out including that that had a really good success, and that was on East West Records, right? East West, yeah. Yeah, that was really then we, fucking. Then we did Tragic was the next. Yeah, Tragic. LP. That was Atlantic. Yeah, East whatever. Yeah. That was Atlantic. Yeah. And then Ultraman versus Godzilla. Oh yeah, damn. That's I. There's certain like periods of Orange Men that like are like that. 
that EP, um, there's music on that EP that that I would not that I would not remember. Oh, okay. Honestly. Yeah. Um, I like Pretend I'm Human. I think that's Pretend I'm Human is going to yeah, that was '99 and shit. Yeah. Um, you guys did a lot of I records in that short period of time, man. Fuck. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I would I would love to get the the guitars louder on Pretend I'm Human. I was yeah. thinking, like asking to get that record remixed, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I could do it cheaply or like efficiently or something. Did you did, um, did you feel did you feel like did you feel like Orange Nine was gonna be not a big break, but you got a lot of success fast and radio and video play? Were you, what, what was your mental there? Did you feel like holy shit, I might be actually doing music as a career? You know, I don't. I think other people around me more thought that than I did. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, but yeah, you guys had um, a great, a great run with that band, though. I mean, it was fucking. I mean, was that was some of your? I mean, you guys sold a good amount of records too, and you know, obviously, the burn was great, and that was your, that was your passion too, and that was like, you know, that had great, great time too. But Orange Nine was like some next level shit. Yeah, I mean, we, I had more experience and stuff like that. Yeah. And also, it was just also another, like, like Burn came out at the right time in the right season. Yeah. And also, Orange Nine came out at the right time in the right season. Yeah. I agree. The timing was perfect. Yeah. That's damn. You got, you got me fucking, you got me thinking right now, Tobe. Fuck. And, and you guys got some bigger tours of, what are some of the bands you tour with during the Orange Nine days? Because I know you guys tour with some bigger bands. Orange Nine, we did some interesting tours. We did like Ned's Atomic Dustin. Damn. We toured with a few iterations, like in a couple of iterations of the Misfits. Wow. Okay. Um, Bad Brains, Deftones, Corn, Sick of It All. Um, That's right, Corn too. Remember that? Yeah, we tour. I mean, we did a lot of tour with Deftones. We did a couple of tours with Corn. Great fucking with bands. Corn, rather. Great band. Deftones. Yeah, fuck yeah. A few warp tours. Yeah. They're in for good measure. Yeah. Well, um, was always great. New audience. Fuck, who else? Who else? I'm trying to fucking think. Quicksand. Yeah, Quicksand Helmet. Course, that, yeah. that was actually probably That's a sick tour. the best tour. Originally, Quicksand Helmet. That was a great tour. That's sick tour. That's a sick lineup. Yeah. That was fucking fun as fuck. Do you have any, uh, um, do you have any regrets with Orange Nine or Burn? I think with starting with Burn, I think I'm, I I always want to be able to to get out as much as much productivity as possible. Mm. Um, for the simple fact that, like, I don't know if you like this, but I'm like this. Like, I'll be working on music like one week, and I'll have three years of being busy, and I'll be like, I'll pull up some files, like, holy shit, I forgot about this. This is great. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like. I wish we were more productive so like I could go back now and like look at some music and maybe release some shit that we hadn't put out. Mm-hmm. I wish we had more music to like be like, okay, let's not release this, let's release it. Just because at the time we didn't think it was good enough. And like obviously, you know, ten years later or whatever it is, and you're like, okay, like, you know, let's put this as a you know, a B side or whatever. Totally. I just wish there was more music. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of feel like that way too with HR. We only release what we have. We never have any extra shit laying around. People always ask us for like an extra track, like we just do the a minimum enough to put the right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you think about it, if you had like some songs from like '94 somehow, if you had like three songs that might be sick, gems, people be psyched to hear that shit. 
Yeah, right. In the and you'd be psyched to release it, you yeah. know? So that's, and, and also just, just communication. Like, band shit's hard, man. People, everyone's a everyone's human being. Oftentimes, you're dealing with, you know, men that are, people are grown. I'm a grown man. Yeah. Uh, you play with other grown different, men. Different personalities, people, all that shit. Exactly. Different personalities, different moods. Yep. You know? Egos. Well, uh, everybody has an ego of some sort, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And so you, so you're in a, it's a creative situation with people, yep. and then you, there's also a reliance, a reliance that comes into play. Um, that reliance is even down to the fact where if maybe somebody doesn't believe, let's let's, let's say somebody thinks I'm a shitty singer, and since I'm a shitty singer, we're not going to blow up, right? So they, they have their faith in the band waivers, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, um, and I I hope nobody thinks that, but you never know. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, uh, um. There's a lot of comp- there's a lot of complicated ground to cover in yeah. the in a band environment, you know. Yeah. Hundred percent. I agree. Are you there now? No. <laughs> 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 um, I I, I, I agree with that hundred percent. And um, I was gonna ask you something about that after that though about oh yeah, so nothing nothing with Orange Nine though, nothing regrettable about Orange Nine. I think it's all the same shit. Yeah, all the same I mean, shit. Yeah, um, I think so too. Yeah. Are you happy with your career you had so far in music? Say again? Are you happy with all the stuff, all your achievements and all the stuff you've done in music? You happy with no, it? No, not at all. You're not fulfilled yet. You want to keep you still hungry. I mean, I, I don't. I think as long as I'm doing music, I will always be looking for the next thing. I, I like that. I you like know, that. Yeah, um, I like that. Not living in the past, you're moving in the future and you try and do new shit. Or try to live in the present or something, hopefully. Yeah, the present, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I'm also, I'm, I'm open to doing burn, I'm open to doing orange lights. It's not like I'm like, fuck all those things. I'm only ghost decibels now. That's all I'm yeah. calling by. Yeah. Nothing like that. No, I know. You know, but for my, like, I'm, I mean, we're, I think like, if you're in, you play music, you're like a scientist and so you do R&D yeah. and you're, you're continuously researching and developing so you can manifest what makes sense to you. Is it hard, do you think, you know? because people know you for Chaka from Burn or Chaka from Orange Nine Millie and trying to do some new shit? Like, yo, that's that's my past. This is my new shit I'm on. Check this out. This is what I'm into now. This is how I'm being creative now. This is the shit I'm into now. Like, you're, not, you're not trying to erase your past because that's part of who you are now and how you got here. That's all your inspirations, how you grew up, all the different stuff yeah. you tried, like musically creative. And so now you're on some new shit. And it's hard because, you know, it's like you want to do some new shit, but you also like, you kind of want the people that fucked with Chaka, Burn, Chaka, Orange Nine to fuck with your new shit also, in a sense, and also get new people. But people might, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, But that might not happen. Yeah, it might not happen because it's a whole different thing. It's totally different. Exactly. You know? It's totally different. It's you, but it's something totally different. But people know you from your history and music, you know what I mean? So it's like, I couldn't even imagine, like, I've been in my band 25 years, I'm very lucky, but to, like, try to start something new now something totally different than ever i did hazen street that was really fun but that was like a year of my life but like trying to do something different you know like i love hip-hop so much but i would never rap because i respect the culture too much and i've friends offer me to do beats and rhyme like i love hip-hop so much i could never do that but that's the only other thing i would do if i did anything was some sort of like something with some beats but i couldn't i'm fucking almost 50 years old and it's like i'm gonna try to be a rapper now but like i i love hip-hop so much that like i wouldn't try to like disrespected by me trying to rhyme even though i can sing along and rhyme to all my favorite shit doesn't mean i'm a fucking rapper you know what i'm saying like it's so it's like 
I don't know, man. But I, so, I, I mean, I, go ahead. What are we going to say? Go ahead. I was going to say, why, why not? Uh, I, I don't, I, I, I think it's, it's interesting to, I think it makes sense to respect the art form and say, I'm going to kind of limit, um, where I touch it based around yeah. where I feel like maybe I have skills. 100%, because I don't have those. As much as I love it and listen to it every day and fucking listen to new shit my son gets me into, and I'm all about it. I've always been about it since I was young, loving hip-hop, all that shit. But, like, to rap is uh, just, it's just, it's I, it's not. I, I can't so, then why, so, then, so then what if you did what if you did your Toby stuff over beats? I could do that shit, too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could do, like, okay. I, could, I could remix in my own, remix some other shit. I don't know, like. Do some beats to you know sing what I mean? Like, yeah, you, you, cool. sing, you sing melodically. You, you know, I rhyme you, words in my my H two O songs. I rhyme words, so it's like. So you so you you already an MC son. <laughs> Put some beats to like some of our songs. <laughs> he, he, he rhyme his words. He rhyme his words, son. Look, I, but I can definitely I can do beats to like some of our classic shit. That'd be kind of that'd be kind of interesting. Anyway, but anyway, I love the fact that like you're at the age that you're at. You've done everything you've done, and you're still working on being creative, doing new shit. And you're not trying yeah. to like, you're not like, I'm going to, I'm going to bring this, I'm going to bring, now I'm going to do Orange and I reunion. Now I'm going to do, I mean, who's saying you won't do that? And I think it'd be great. People love it. But you're actually trying to create new shit and not living yeah. back then. I, I respect that so much because that's hard to do no, nowadays. You. It's very hard to do nowadays, man. Um, But it's not hard to be yeah. creative. It's, it's the mo- it should be the most creative time for everybody what's happening in the planet and the world around us. But like, but as far as going out there, it's like, I'm Chaka and this is my new band. My new, my new, not I band. Think, mm-hmm. You know what the hardest part is? I think the hardest part is feeling you have a foothold in in society with how society now is this kind of unified lens via social media, right? Yes. So like you people know if, if I was just coming out, if I was like 15 years old and I just started posting pictures of me making my music, I wouldn't give a darn. Totally. But if but you know, but since I'm like I've agreed to accept the relationship of Chakamali to outer world, you Toby uh, to the outer world, and now there's expectations that go with that because we've told you what to expect by the things that we posted on our Instagram. Yes. Right? Yes. So then, when you start posting different shit, that's like breaking a societal contract, is mm. it? It's like no, I, I didn't talk. I didn't like. I didn't follow you for this shit. Yeah. I didn't follow you for your weird, you know, ghetto nine inch nails prints, whatever the fuck you sound like <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not why I followed you. I followed you for fucking drowned or whatever. Yeah, but th- but this is who you are, man. This is fucking. People can't live in the past, man. This is you right now. This is what you're doing now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And for some people, some that. people, it's like, yo, if you weren't there and missed it, you missed it. Like a lot of the people who talk about the past and stuff in bands they missed, or maybe reunions and stuff. Like, I back reunions 100. percent I think it's great. I love when people come back and they play, and people never got to see them, got to see them. But then some people are like, yo, I ain't doing a reunion. And you know, if you weren't there at that time, then you missed it. That was the time and place, man. You know, it's like it was an amazing time and place, and I'm very lucky to have been there and, and see you guys play. Yeah, and- all those bands, you know. And that time and place thing, the more I think about it, the more like I I like That's I think it's why Yeah. I'm sorry. Hey, one, one second. Every time I give my wife my credit card to go get something at the store, she said batteries. Oh I got and, 
and I asked for I asked for kombucha and they were gonna kombucha. It's actually for kombucha. And my stomach. It's, well, I texted you. No, that's okay. But that's all I wanted. And then what should you get? My wife said we get batteries. She got grapes, applesauce, bread, avocado, and lemon. But that. W- but where are the batteries at? I'm not abusive. I just wanted kombucha. Yo, me and Chaka. Me and Chaka talk about kombucha. Fuck off. I just want to com- <laughs> fucking kombucha. Hey, Moon, how are you? Podcast. I'm not fucking, don't do that shit. Go get me a kombucha then. God damn it. I want a fucking kombucha. But take my cash, not my card. I just want a kombucha. This guy got me Is hyped. this what really happens at the Morse house? This is really happens at the Morse house, yes, 100%. I just, Max, go get me a fucking kombucha, man. Me and Chaka talking about it right now. Um... But me and Chaka have been talking move for an hour and 40 minutes, Chaka. We're killing this shit. I, I know, right? We covered a lot of shit, though, of your life. Um, do you have any daily rituals? Say again? Do you have any daily rituals? Daily rituals. Yeah, I think that um, checking in with yourself is important. I like that. Um, and, you know, people have different beliefs. I, I believe in a higher power. Um, yeah. I think that you're, you know, anytime you can, and for some people, their high power is, you know, um, veganism for some people. Totally. Um, I think. Um, straight edge is from, my higher from, power. Straight edge is my, that's, that, that's, that's. What my, is? Straight edge, straight edge is my higher, my higher, my higher power. It, <laughs> it, it's not kombucha. It's not kombucha. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's not kombucha. Yeah. It's not. But yeah, I know what you're saying though. I know what you're saying. Um, yeah, so just that being able to kind of step out of your own stress for a second. I love that. You know what I mean? Like I was just stretching and I was like feeling like not anger and bitterness as like pure raw raw, raw forms. Yeah. But I was feeling the blockage that brings those things just leaving my body when I was stretching. I love that. I'm a bad stretcher. I need to be a way better stretcher because I work out a lot. I do soul cycle. I go hiking. I go jogging. I got to stretch, man. I got to step my stretch game up for sure. Yeah, dude, stretching. <clears throat> and also try to... Um, the other day, I was, I was in my house. And my apartment I lived in, my, the voice said to me, you need to be more grateful. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm like, yo, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm grateful. And I sat down, I was like, fuck, am I not grateful? And I started talking to, to people about it. Um, and so I've just been trying to be more grateful. And, and I, that's... I feel like we say a lot of these things, and, and the reason why I hate some of these memes on the gram is because a lot of people just put the meme up and, and like me, like, like I was like, I'm grateful. Shut up. Don't bother me, subconscious mind or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But then I was like, holy shit, dude, you're not grateful. Mm-hmm. You're not. You can be more grateful. Yeah. You can be more grateful. Yeah. And so I've just been trying to letting myself realize that I'm thankful and lucky and that. I have a great opportunity every day. Like sometimes getting up for work is annoying, but hey, it's an opportunity for you to keep your job and make money and and buy the things that you like and take yeah. that woman to dinner and pay your. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's a reason. There's 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 a science and there's rules to this shit. You know. Yeah. And I think that sometimes you it's hard to see that if you're so caught up in in, in your day to day. I agree with that 100. Step back and look, step away from yourself and look at your. Yeah, 100 percent agree with that. Um, yeah. What about what you think you'd ever want to be? You think you ever see yourself being a dad one day? I would, dude. Honestly, I would love to. I really found. I think it activates. I mean, you could probably tell me better than anybody. Yeah. It activates stuff in your DNA, and, and just as a, I think as a, I'm a man, so I'm going to speak from that, that standpoint. Yeah. I think as a, a man, it empowers you 
could be even more so for your family. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think you'd be a great dad, man. You have a lot of life experience, and um, yeah, man, I can see you. You're still you're still young enough to be a dad. I can see it happening. Well, thanks. I, I mean, honestly, yeah, it would help me. Yeah, and what about you? Think you see yourself ever leaving New York? Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I mean, we like we're tour dogs, man. So, like in that sense, like we know that you know you kind of can be anywhere in a weird way, totally, as long as you have the things you need, totally. You know, so I lived in London for a couple of years, and like right. the late 2000s, I lived in the Bay Area for a couple of years just after that. That's right. You know, so like I've lived in LA a few months at a time, cutting records. I lived in Connecticut for a couple of years. You've been so around. Like, you've been for, around. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just a matter of okay, so like what what do you want to do right now for the next six months or whatever? Yeah. And I let that kind of determine where I'm living. But yeah, I'm not I'm not tied to New York by any stretch. You're a New York native though, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a lot of us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there is. I mean, I I only know a handful, but yeah, that's fucking pretty amazing though. But like and this and you so you're in Brooklyn now, right? Yeah. That's awesome. Brooklyn's changed dramatically too, man. Dude, it's really, I'm, I'm considering fucking moving to the city to save money. Wow, it's really like that. I heard that. It's really like that? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. That's fucking crazy, man. Brooklyn, what, that's great. What part of Brooklyn are you in? Bushwick. Nice. Yeah, dude, back in the day, you'd never go to Bushwick, man. It's fucking so crazy, man. Bushwick was like bombing or something. Graffiti. Dude. So I, that's you, what we knew. Yeah, Bushwick. You, um, you listen to any new, any new hip-hop at all or no? Um... I listen to, what about, I'll say certain things. I, I'm not, what am I, what am I on about? I like, you know, the, the basic kind of biggies to have some songs. When I say yeah, big, yeah, not yeah. biggie smalls, the bigger artists like yeah. Kendrick and all these people, yeah. whatever. I like a lot, I like a lot of that stuff. But yeah. honestly, I, I, I really, what I don't like about hip hop is it just, to me, um, you know, let me let me go let me go this way. What I like about the kind of music I'm more focused on, which is like this like 1980-ish kind of like European kind of um, dance music, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Meets punk. The thing I like about that is that it sounds like you shouldn't. It almost sounds like you shouldn't like it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you listen to Joy Division, it sounds like you shouldn't like it. Come on now. That shit's attitude and it's fun. <laughs> yeah, Let's yeah. be real. You love them, though. But when you listen to, like, a lot of the hip-hop of the day, it's just everything is so in tune and of the 808s. So True. It's, just, it's too easy to like. Yeah. So that creates this disposability, which to me in music is anathema. I like that. I agree with that. Music is Music should be classic. Hey, Max, what is some, um, what is some young hip-hop me and Chalky need to listen to right now? What kind of like hip hop you listening to? Because Max always brings. I went to Travis Scott. That was a really interesting show. Talking to Chaka. Yeah, say what is some new hip hop? Yeah. Like young hip hop, Max. That people listening to, like kids are listening to. I'm asking you, like some young hip hop. Show to Chaka. What's up, Chaka? Tell me, homie. Max, what up, dude? What is some hip hop you should be listening to? Young hip hop. Okay. <clears throat> My dad just put me on the mic, like on the spot. Yeah, yeah. Um. Young hip hop artists, uh, I don't really listen to hip hop that much. Like, I I don't. There you go. I don't. I mean, it's I mean, it's it's my thing, but it's like sometimes it'll come on like Twenty One Savage, um, Travis mm-hmm. Scott. Travis Scott's really good. Travis Scott's dope. I love Mike Dean, who does who produces the shit. The thing is, 
uh, he's a good rapper and artist overall. And then he adds in the benefit, like the the benefactor of like and cra- cra- like crazy shows, insane shows where he's like flying or like roller coaster or he was on the eagle once he was like on birds like he does all this stuff and it's like a theatrical show but then he also brings like a good like rhythm and good good vibes and good song lyrics and stuff like that fuck yeah um he's yelling shoreline mafia i know one song by no i don't know who that is you don't know that is Uh uh-uh they're pretty good. Uh, I don't know many songs by them. I know one, but uh, they're pretty good. Also, uh, uh, I for- I'm forgetting the name. Oh, uh, Comethazine is good. Uh, okay. Yeah, and um, oh, the baby. Yeah. Oh, the baby. The baby is good. Uh, Blueface. He's got a lot of bangers. Okay. Tatiana. What do you mean? The long names? I don't know. He's speaking. I don't know. But the baby is great. Yeah, yeah. He got. Yeah, yes, he gets. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Max, thanks, thanks, Max, for the import. I appreciate the, the young input. Yes, for us. one love, one love. And Chuck, I was just thinking. I, I met him like how? I met him when he was what? How old was he? Maybe three years old or something. Probably, man. Crazy, man. Yeah. Now he's sixteen. He got his own band to playing shows. It's fucking crazy, man. Sounds like a grown ass man. <laughs> That's crazy. What about Chalky? Do you watch any like Netflix shows? You like you a big TV watch or binge TV? You know shows? what I fuck? I, I fuck with Ozark on Netflix. That shit's great. I can't wait to see the new season comes out. Fuck. What I love about Ozark is I love the fact that homie holds his family down. He does, no matter what. You man. know what I mean? Yes. Exactly. That shit's amazing. I fucked with uh, Gypsy on Netflix. I heard about that. You watched that? Now I'm writing this shit down. Gnarly. Um, Gypsy. What about like Black Mirror? I watched a couple of those. Okay. Um, the thing is, a lot of the shit they talk about like is not science fiction to me. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of like not. Yeah. It's not shocking because like yeah. I'm already understanding that that's the, that's what's happening. Yeah. Um. What 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 do you fuck with? What's your favorite show on, on Netflix? We're watching. Um, I'm watching. I'm watching on Hulu right now the Wu Tang Saga Continue series. Oh, dope! It's really good. And then we also watching this really fucked up show on Hulu. It's called Sixty Days In, where seven people from the outside world go into a prison undercover for sixty days and see if they can handle it. So one would be like a lawyer, a police officer, a school teacher, a par- a parking attendant. Um, a nurse, and they all go into cover, and they try to get in there, and they and they go in there for reasons. These are like their dad's locked up. One wants a police officer, wants to see how people are treated after she arrests them. They try to see how it goes. They try to see what kind of they try to get dirt, and they're kind of like undercover narcs. It's a really intense show, man. It's really wow. it's sixty days in. It's really heavy, man. And um, so we watch. I need to check that. That sounds crazy. Yeah, watching that, we would love. We love Peaky Blinders. The new season's incredible. We okay. Have, you have to use subtitles because it's hard to understand what they're saying. But it's Absolutely. it's really it's, it's really that shit's really great. Um, and then Peaky Blinders, yeah, deal. Those are the main ones we watch. But that that Wu Saga is really cool because a new episode drops every every Wednesday. Um, that's oh, really, nice. that, that's really every Wu Wu Wednesday. Every Wu Wednesday. Right. Oh shit, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I just saw you posted today that Beyond the Streets over today. That sucks. I missed the New York oh. one. I saw the Cali Yo, one. Oh, you saw the Cali one? Yeah. yeah dude, it was so, so great, dude. Fuck. 
It looked amazing, man. That's so incredible, yeah. man. Sasha was a part of that too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Dude, it was it looked amazing, man. They had Judge playing out there, so L Cool J was out there. It was crazy. Yeah, Judge played. Yeah, yeah. the guy Roger Gassman that curated Roger Gassman, yes, yes. Yeah, it's cool. He's like an old school like graffiti punk rock kid, right? Yeah. Exactly. He had a magazine back to while you were sleeping, I think, right in the nineties. Why he he, he did while you were sleeping. Oh, that was his. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Do you do you still cool. you still skateboard now or no? I have a I have a board in my closet. I have a setup that I haven't really fucked with. Like like a long board. I, no, just like a regular standard standard board. I just think the I'm just not. I mean, like I think when I used to fall, I would fall on like the heel of my hand a lot. Yeah. And that's just something that just sounds really shitty to me right now. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't want to fall on my hand anymore, man. That's amazing, man. Right? Yo, so, so yo, you hit the big five oh, you're one year older than me. Holy shit, I just realized that. No, dude, I, I hit fifty next year. Okay, okay. Me too. Wait, I'm seventy. No nigga, wait, you older than me. Oh shit, I am. Damn, I'm yeah. 1970. Fuck, that's right. <laughs> uh, uh, so I'm 50 next April. Damn. Oh shit. Damn. No, see, yeah, uh, see, I'm. So, yeah, you, you got me. You got me trying to to, to cop to being. I'm not even. I'm going to be 49 next year. <laughs> <laughs> you don't got me making me think it'd be. I am too. I guess all of a sudden I am 50. I don't know. Dude, we're getting old, man. It's so fucking crazy, man. It's so crazy, man. I feel young though. I, f I definitely feel young. I feel like playing music and. Doing shit you love keeps you young, man. I really do, man. I really do. Literally. Keeps you positive. Keeps you all that shit, man. It's fucking... Literally. Fuck. So what's next for you as far as um, Ghost Decibels? When are you guys going to play out? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I have this five-song EP that Freddie I was going to put out. We're calling it like um, that Ghost Decibels kind of demo. And nice. We have a name for it. Um. And then I'm gonna figure out how to fuck to try to share it with people um, in a live setting. That's cool. I, maybe I'll play guitar. I don't yeah. know. Um, I have I, I have no idea. I don't. I have no idea how to present it. Yeah. Um, but the first thing is hopefully to get people to hear it and to get a, a handful of people to like it. Yeah. By hook or by crook. Each <laughs> <laughs> Ghost Festival's records comes with a fifty dollar bill. <laughs> I would just I would just put that shit oh, out, man. man. And do like a do like a fucking show in New York. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, that's that's the that's the plan. I've you been, get nervous. Been, you get nervous. You get nervous doing this. You get nervous playing now, or nervous like doing new shit. I get. I'm more nervous. More nervous thinking about how to how to get this into the world. I know. This I know. Great. I know. Just because it's, there's no lane. There's no. What's the lane that I plug into? And we need a lane for Chaka Malik. Anybody listening? Chaka wants a lane for this shit. I know. He's, right? he's, he's do, done do, not being in no lanes and shit. You know what? Maybe you already created like, you created, you created lanes already, dude. You already created lanes. Maybe so. Maybe somebody will let me in. Somebody will let me merge into their lane. Yes, please. Somebody listening, man. You're <laughs> gonna find a world and like a scene for that group for for, for goats for for. I'm gonna call you GD. You know what I mean? Like it's cool to have like some place for that, man. Fuck, yeah. It's cool to have a what? Like, like a place for that, like a, a lane for that. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's put you in a new thing where it's not. Oh, Chuck is from Burn. Chuck from Orange Nine. No, this is some. This is this is this Ghost Decibel. This is it. You might not know this motherfucker. Some people do. Some people don't. And not with the strength of your name. Just a new, new music. That's what, I don't know. It should be. Dude, that's and that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's just like new shit. Like, fuck, man. You know, like you read the bio online, whatever. But like, 
let's just get the music out and, and that's how you're expressing yourself and I, I respect you for that you've been doing that for a long time always recreating yourself and making music and staying creative man I love that you've never stopped doing that through all the highs and lows of all your, of your careers you know what I mean I think that's amazing Chuck. Yeah. I think it's awesome man yeah. Thank you, Tobe. I appreciate and, that. And you were the first guy rocking your own. You rocking your own streetwear. You're the only guy that I'm gonna, tell, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now. Chaka Malik is the only guy I've ever known that can rock his own band shirt and make it look cool. Nobody else can. <laughs> nobody else can do this. Motherfucker rock burn shirts his whole life, and he looks cool wearing it. Nobody else can do that. I don't know why it works for you. It's so weird. I don't uh, know why. Is that, is that is that a sneak diss, Toby? No. Diss? Fuck no. Not at all. I respect it. I wish I'm I could. I, w- I wish I could do that. I've actually tried to do that before, but for you, it always worked, and I love that. I mean, you're repping your own shit. You're proud of your shit. I, I love that, I man. I really do. <laughs> and the first motherfucker be like rocking his own, made his own streetwear. Like some of those designs were very what streetwear looks like in the past fucking twenty years. And just your, yeah, your, your, your whole style was before. Like it's crazy. All that shit's back now. All that style is back now. It's fucking crazy, man. Like. You 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 and you were bringing the graffiti hip hop and everything into the hardcore and even like your dance styles was on some other shit some spiritual shit like yeah you fucking you you've been yourself through all this shit which I really respect the most is that you even wow. even like the three dreads just all that everything about your, your style and everything no I'm serious you right. and you never give another a fuck. sneak this no ahead. no motherfuckers <laughs> all love man. You, you learn to take you. compliments. So yeah, I mean, all this shit you stayed yourself through all this. You never tried to to fit in the hardcore, to fit in with the Orange Nine, and what you're doing now. You just did your shit, and if people liked it, right. they liked it. And I think that's really cool, and that says a lot about you as like a, a real artist, and not trying to conform to the to the mainstream, and not trying to get in that in, in somebody else's lane. I think that's I think that represents who you are a lot. And I think that um I think that's an awesome characteristic of who you are. That's what I want to say. Yo, yo, much love. That's in, that's a that's a that's a very high compliment, Toby. Thank you. No, I re- I mean it, man. I I really fucking mean it. And yeah, no sneak diss, and I love you. Um, so yeah, we covered a lot, man. That's wow. a two hour two hour talk of my man Chaka Malik right now. We covered a lot of shit. Um, Holy shit! I'm looking at shit. We'll probably do a part two because I usually do part twos because people hit me up and say, "What about this? What about that?" Yeah, yeah. But I like to have it just flow. I have my I have my notes in front of me. But I like to have it flow more of a combo. Not like my next question. I hate that shit. So that's why. Oh fuck! I that, think this dude. is why people are connecting to this podcast because it's just conversations and they kind of go in different directions. And so, um, yeah, man, I appreciate your time. I'm glad we finally got on the phone to talk. I've known you for fucking almost thirty years, probably since '88, '89, yeah. and. Um, I appreciate you, I'm, bro. I'm glad we're all still connected, and we're all of us, all of us still connected, doing shit. You know what I mean? Being creative and and living our lives to, to the best we can. You know, that's all we can do. So, I appreciate you, Chaka Malik, and um, and on Instagram, you're Ghost Decibels, correct? Yes, at at Ghost underscore Decibels on Instagram. Yep. And you too, Tobe. I mean, I appreciate how you continue to amplify the positivity. Thank uh, you, man. It's a great, great role model for the youth and. It's great that you're keeping that piece of, of the culture in punk alive. So I appreciate that. Thank you, man. That means a lot to me. I, I appreciate it. And um, I love you. And I'll speak to you soon in real life off the phone. And um, in a couple of days, we'll catch up. Maybe I'll we'll call you tomorrow. But I know it's almost getting late. What time do you go to bed, man? Oh, you stay up late night, right? <laughs> nice. One love to OBL. Let's, let's talk soon, bro. All right, man. Thank you, Chaka, so much. You got it. Peace. Peace. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, please rate, review. Uh, subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast please do that and whatever platform you are listening to this on i'm glad you found me 
you can rate me and review me on there also. So thank you guys sincerely for the support. I cannot wait for you guys to hear the next one.